Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What's up, Gypsy Gang? We're back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast and stoked to bring you this one with one half of the Mere Mortals podcast, Kyron Down. Kyron and I were on a podcast together uh, remotely probably about a year ago. Um, been following the Mere Mortal guys for a while. They're based out of Brisbane uh, and they're book nerds just like me. Uh, Kyron in particular is, uh, is super into meditation. He just did uh, his own little seven-day silent retreat. Um, which was super cool and um, yeah he's a guy that I just I really enjoy following um, what he and one at Mere Mortals have going on and uh, I've been wanting to get him on for a while we just sort of line this one line this one up and uh, I'm stoked on it Um, Kyron's a a really really unique person in a really great way Um, and I looked up to him in in a lot of ways he went out to the mines, put in a really hard five years out there and um, and came back with a bunch of money and essentially just decided the type of, um, I guess, like cruisy lifestyle that he wanted to have. He wanted to do the podcast. He wanted to um, spend a bunch of time on his uh, on his body and mind and a lot of time reading. And uh, yeah, pretty cool for, for someone to, to do the work to then set up their ideal lifestyle and, uh, and really follow through on that. Um, also, I just want to say thanks to Kyron for this one as well, because I got to explore a lot of topics with uh, with a guy that does uh, a lot of meditation stuff similar to myself. He's read a lot of the same books that I've read um, on the topic, and at times I probably dominated the conversation with, uh, with my own thoughts, but this is literally the first time I was... Uh, really just getting to say any of this stuff um, out loud as opposed to, I guess, thinking about it um, and meditating on these kind of thoughts. So um, just want to say thank you uh, to Corin for giving me that opportunity as well. So really, really enjoyed this one. Um, if you have ever been curious before um, about like any of the reading stuff or, or the meditation, then uh, a lot of this episode is kind of dedicated to those topics. So thank you very much. I hope you guys enjoy. But before that, just got to give a quick run through our sponsors uh just got to give a shout out to the guys at manscaped you can head to manscaped.com use the code gypsy uh, gypsy gang and that's going to get you 20 percent off um i've been using this stuff for a while now 
I've said it before in the ads, but man, I really let myself go through COVID. As you can see by the top half of my body, the bottom half wasn't really that much different. Um, but the guys at Manscaped, they came through clutch. Um, their new Lawnmower 3.0 is epic. Uh, it's got all the features that you would want out of a high quality trimmer. Um, but it's also got the uh, got their, I guess their patented technology to stop the old, the old nicks on your nuts. So manscaped.com. Gypsy Gang, 20% off. You know what it is. Uh, also, a shout out to the guys at Boost Mobile. You can head to boost.com.au to be on Australia's best prepaid service provider. Ronan, whose phone were you hotspotting off on WA because yours didn't have service? Sam Moore, if you're in the room, whose phone were you hotspotting off because you didn't have service? Well, guess what? Boost had service. That's right. Uh, you can head to boost.com.au to find out more. Uh, and if you're in the market for a new phone, uh, their pre, uh, their refurb phone plan, uh, phones are insane as well. That's currently what I run. So boost.com.au. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Dixon Flannel. You can head to dixonquality.com.au uh, as well as the guys at Crick's Tweed, crickstweed.com.au. Uh, I've been driving around the new Mitzi van, really liking it, eh? There's, uh, look, you could probably have uh, a war of words around which is better for moto, a van or a, a, a ute. Um, definitely love my Triton, but I'm also enjoying some of the perks of having a van. Um, so yeah, the guys at Cricks, they will get you sorted for any new or used vehicle. Uh, also, we've got merch on our online store. Get in quick while that stuff lasts. You can just head to gypsytales.com. And don't, don't remember, don't forget to subscribe to both of our YouTube channels, uh, Gypsy Tales and Gypsy Tales Podcast. Um, that would be great. Actually really helps us out. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. Um, we've had a slow month, obviously, with the whole Manji thing. Uh, took quite a bit more out of us than I thought it would. Um, but look, we're firing back up. We've got some great apps on the way. Uh, and this is the start of them. Thanks very much. Peace. You know, we're sitting on a park bench just like... And not that this is bad or anything, but you know, well, it's, it's, it's even yeah, it's less different. formal out yeah. there. You just like casually get um, random drunk dude came up the other day with like double Mexican sombrero hat on and was like just chilling out in the background for a bit and then <laughs> then pisses off. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's fun. There's a certain level of like spontaneity when you're outdoors that you just could not replicate yeah, in any other way. For sure, for sure. Which is, you know, it's good or bad. Like you can get random yeah. noises as bird like sometimes the audio is really shit because the birds are really loud but yeah it's, a, it's all right as well yeah yeah i think too like you, you guys put out a ton of content and i think because i think in the early stages of doing a podcast too you've just probably got to just try a bunch of shit to see exactly what works for the style that you guys like i mm. guess create your own style yeah for sure and get rid of what uh, like the preconceptions you think of maybe mm. what a podcast should be yeah I remember coming in being like yeah we've got to replicate like joe rogan it's yeah. going to be one take absolutely like no cuts or anything and then you start doing it while you're like ah uh, ah oh, fuck like we lost all that audio we probably need to cut that bit out and and whatnot so i think that the beauty too at the start is nobody's watching yeah and yeah I exactly think, like, <laughs> that's the problem that people get is they get into these things and then they just assume that everything you say yeah people is are gonna watching be like, like yeah. people are gonna watch like even now with this people don't give a fuck and yeah. it's like so many people listen to this and like really it's maybe just getting to the point where like 
yeah, I probably should be careful about this. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah, start thinking about liability concerns or, you know, label and, and things like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at some point, like, there's so much shit at the start where it, like, just fucking had no... Weird, like, you got no idea and you got no one really listening. So that that is the time to experiment. I feel like people would enjoy the process of starting something like this so much more if they, like, had that concept just, like locked away from the start it was just like just be free mm. to do whatever the fuck you want for the first however long and it's like there's so many examples of people throughout history that have like made it later in life or it took years and years mm. to you know like Bukowski's a famous example of you know these people where they've just got these fucking they're just grinding trying to make shit happen and then something hits you don't know why you don't know mm. you know what the secret formula was or whatever but it was just like the the style happened over time and it resonated at a certain point yeah that's if you're lucky i mean you can go through like van gogh and <laughs> yeah true end up only famous after your death like you know does that really console him in the afterlife i don't know maybe <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i think the problem is is though as well because it's um it's you know it's in that new medium of being able to broadcast it to everyone and everywhere so yeah. like if you're starting a new like you know jujitsu for you for example you're in yeah maybe it's like a bit weird because you're there's you know a whole bunch of people in the gym and whatnot but you know there's only 30 people it's not like yeah the ability where it feels like oh man i'm, I'm spreading this out to everyone and yeah. you are in a sense but as you mentioned like less than 30 people are watching at yeah. the start for sure i think that's like a good um i think that's a good concept just for life in general is people kind of don't give a fuck as mm, much as yeah. you think people do and uh it's funny like i guess at some point i'm sure we'll like fully go into like the non-duality kind of path um in conversation but there i think even when you're looking for that um the when you start looking at just like what the self is more i mean there's been times recently where it's like i'll change my glasses right i got like a bunch of pairs of glasses and the first i got a new pair they were obviously new like very different to any other pairs of glasses that i've got and i went around my mum and i'm like waiting for this response <laughs> yeah, yeah. from my mum of something that's like so obviously changed on my fucking face that like you you can't miss it it took her like four hours yeah yeah to be like did you get new glasses and it that is just a perfect example right there of people don't actually really give a fuck yeah, so if you're yeah. spending an inordinate amount of time on i guess like worrying about what you look like or how you come across or whatever man people in all the thoughts that you've got going on inside your own head a person's got their that on their end but around themselves For and sure. you just there's like not that much room to really give a fuck about other people yeah oh man i used to add this real bad so um for me when i was pretty young like i guess the sort of you know the shit period of like puberty 13 through to uh, let's just say 20 21 i had tremendous like body issues because i was super super skinny then like just, yeah just you know arms that you're like you know people would come up and like they could put their fingers around yeah, and, like right. you know totally eclipse sort of thing and there was there was that there was like just in general inability to talk to like women girls in general was like super scared anxiety all the time and i remember yeah exactly as you're saying and i was thinking about this the other day like how much time did i live in a world which oh. it, it, like it wasn't real you yeah. know that, that was the weirdest thing it was just 
you know, I was creating it for myself. Yeah. It was, it was just, man, people are looking at me like sitting next to that girl on the bus or she sits next to me and I'm real nervous and scared and I don't say anything even though I want to. And, you know, then I think, oh man, you know, even if I did say something, everyone would look and laugh at me. And it's just like, no, nah, man, you, you just created that. No one, no one has time for that. That's, it's all, uh, it's all in your head. So it's, yeah, it's a strange thing. Hey man, it's a creating your own reality. You know, what's, what's real and what's not that, all I could say was like, that wasn't real. Like that was, that was absolutely not real. Yeah, man. I've had the exact same thoughts a lot lately around, and I get it's kind of rooted in the whole, like just even looking at what the self is and man, there's been so much, like, I think the conclusion that I've really come to is that I probably spent my twenties thinking, like watching the life that I wanted to have as a movie in my head you know and and you don't think if you've got no separation or if you've got no concept that that's actually what's happening but you know once i've sort of started looking into a lot of you know like the buddhism and spirituality and non-duality and you sort of start to hear the way that these people talk about the self and then you sit and meditate yourself and you see how these thoughts and the you're, you're so connected to them that you're like i could be sitting at a cafe looking at a table but in i'm literally watching a full color uh rendition like a dreamlike state of what either my life used to be like what i think of myself right now or watching what i wanted to happen in the future and i feel like literally dude my 20s was that yeah was yeah. just me in this fucking dream like so dream as well. state and <laughs> and it was all about this person that i wanted to be or this person that i wished i wasn't that that they were the two uh characters of this movie that i was watching there wasn't yeah. really any connection to who i actually was in a sense and then i think that over time i mean i, I feel lucky in a sense that i guess I just slowly started doing more and more and thinking less. But there was a point, I guess, where it sort of felt like uh, it felt good to think that much. You felt productive. Mm-hmm. You, you're like, I'm really getting somewhere with this. I'm, uh, I, I, I used to think that I would be able to think my way out of all of my problems. And it was like, if I play every conversation in my head, if I, I'll, I'll find like the magic I'll formula. I'll the, get it. This the next right one, one yeah. so that when I meet this person and I say this, this, and this, and then they say this, and yeah, then this yeah. will happen, <laughs> and it's just like fucking elaborate. Oh yeah, but I spent you get deep. I, I literally spent my twenties like that, yeah. and then in my childhood as well, like same shit, like super self conscious, Re- like even to the point where like I knocked my teeth out as a kid, and like I didn't want to fucking smile. I used to think that every time I was smiling people were like looking at this and it was just like who gives a fuck yeah. like I literally spent you know probably the first 29 years kind of in like that that is like the default state and then no opportunity no framework no well I guess like wisdom that could then correct that ship when that sort of shit started to happen yeah yeah i used to have really long hair and i would cover like literally half my face all i could see was like a triangle (laughs) it was it was insane so it was like literally blinding myself to half the world which you know was a pretty good analogy for for what was going on in my head at the time like (laughs) 
the external reflected what was going on internally. Yeah. When you were talking about um, movies, so just uh, recently I, I tried um, like seven days and like complete silence. Yeah, okay, um, cool. I wanted to know if you'd done this yet because the last yeah. time we spoke or I, when we did the podcast together, um, the Uncommon Show, yep. um, you said that that was something you were going to do yeah, yeah, yeah. and you were going to do it yourself. So you did that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I did that, um, I'll say a month and a bit ago. I yeah. Think. Oh, sweet. And yeah, so, so nice and recent. Um, yeah, so like essentially... I just wanted to set like a little goal for myself of yeah. going on like a silent retreat essentially. Um, and you can do all those ones where you, you know, pay for like a, I don't know, it's not a resort, but you know, a retreat where there's 10 days yeah. and there's a bunch of other people and you get like your own room and stuff. But for me, I just wanted to do it like completely on my own. What's it really like, you know, not yeah. seeing anyone for, for a week. So I just, um, I rented a Airbnb for seven nights, uh, eight nights, eight yeah. nights. So I had like six full days, you know, discounting the arrival and departure of just being in there and it was you know a little granny flat type thing like there was the bed little kitchenette and then the bathroom so not not super big and yeah so i just went there shut myself in on like a thursday and then emerged like a butterfly there <laughs> the next thursday and yeah it was it was uh you know, I didn't have those super, you know, peak experiences that people, some people talk about. I, th- yeah. I was doing a little bit of research and I think it's only like 10, 15% of people have that, you know, the glowing orb of shining light going yeah. through their body or, you know, completely losing the self and being like a bodiless spirit or, you know, however they try and describe those things. Didn't have any of that. Uh, had a couple of moments of just like, um, I don't know if you've ever had like, you know, people say you, you really got to surrender to the pain or something like that. Mm. If, if they're talking about you know, ultra running or yeah. grieving a loved one or something, it's like you got to just surrender to it. Yeah. There was one moment where, um, so essentially what I would do is I had a little hour timer and flip that over and oh, then I would, nice. I would just uh, meditate for like an hour or roughly until it was done. You know, I'd open my eyes to see how it was going, um, yeah. but I would just be, do that strong determination sitting. So where you sit there and it's like no moving whatsoever, like no fidgeting, no yeah. moving of anything. And the pain that can come through in your legs after So were you, how were you hour. sitting? Uh, just uh, nothing too crazy. I, I can't do the, the full like, you know, lotus wrapping yeah, legs in. Yeah. Like it um, cuts off some circulation in my left leg when I do that. And yeah, I don't know. I think getting a left, uh, like a numb leg where it's like completely like wooden probably not great if you're doing that repeatedly yeah for, constantly yeah ages and ages so so just like one leg in front of the other hands on the knees um and then you know just straight back and sometimes lean against the wall um just just to do that and yeah the pain man the pain that would just like run through the the ass or the leg or, or whatnot was just unbelievable just <laughs> it's so crazy how you think like you know oh what's what's the most painful thing that you could imagine be like you know getting your arm cut off or yeah. one of the, the bullet ants or whatever those are but that just sitting uh, just sitting for a while can do it as well um and yes yeah, so i had to like uh yeah really feel that you know surrender into it. it's like you can't fight this like there's you try fighting it for like 45 minutes and then you look at the timer and the timer's still got like you know half of it left You're like, fuck all right just surrender just surrender like go into it so i had a couple of moments like that where it was something new like a little yeah. a little feeling of something you know uh, i listen to a lot of sam harrison yeah uh, i think you do as well so you you hear about all the things that he talks about, but you haven't experienced them. Like I've, yeah. a lot of the concepts I, I get, like I get them what, in my mind. What, what ones? So for me, it would be the, um, like the Douglas Harding one where he's yeah. talking about, you know, you, 
you see the world like you yeah. see the the space of the world essentially yeah a couple of times i had that and it's like you know i i can get it yeah like, even you can without, intellectualize it yeah, yeah but but without feeling it it's it's a little bit of a different thing and it's not hugely different like it hasn't changed my life or anything but yeah it's just a little like another little tool in the tool bit so you know sometime in the future if i need to surrender into something it's like okay i've sort of felt this before i could maybe get back into this yeah so what was your uh i guess like the program that you run for that week like how did you structure your days like what would yeah. you because i'm i'm keen to do i feel like i want to do both to be honest like i could see the benefit in doing it um in doing it both ways but yeah how did you sort of structure it yeah yep so i mean like the main thing coming in was like there's no there's no uh no real anything that i wanted from it the, yeah. you know it's a weird thing because it's like you're devoting I think that's a f- the right way to do it though yeah you're devoting a full week to it you probably want to get something from it but it's sort of like nah, nah i'll try and not make it as in like a, a goal setting like oh i'm gonna yeah. get this thing from it yeah so, even with the peak experiences like yeah the, yeah the peak. yeah like that that was definitely one where it was like if it happens that's cool if not yeah. that's also cool like you know it's, it's fine either way um, yeah. so i did a little bit of research and man some people are fucking crazy like they will go into you know a 10 days never having meditated before where you're going to be meditating you know some of them are like 13 16 hours a day like that is hardcore yeah. that's that's nothing i would never never do i don't think yeah. um so for me it was all right i'll um i'll look at what people generally do and they generally are the, like 11 hours a day of meditation and they'll sort of split it up with lunches you know breakfast lunch and dinner a little bit of stretching maybe at some points some points you go to your own room some points you're in the meditation hall with the teacher some points yeah. so that those are like all split up for me i just went oh look i'd rather just get it done i guess so i said like eight hours i'm gonna be awake 16 hours a day i'll just do half yeah uh, so that's like eight flipping of the the hourglasses yeah when i wake up in the morning like just go like wash my face and stuff and then basically just get into it and start flipping the flipping it over uh four of them i wanted to be like the strong determination ones and then the other four it could be like you know sitting on a chair or lying flat on my back or maybe even yeah, doing yeah um sort of like yoga just deep breathe like deep yeah. positions really getting into it yeah and then so that would usually take me so i'd wake up like i don't know between seven seven to eight doing eight hours that takes me to roughly four o'clock and then do like a little bit of reading maybe like a little journal of just anything that was interesting popped up have dinner a bit more reading and then that's that's the whole day gone you <laughs> repeat again and how did you find it it was yeah it was it was good like honestly man i'd sort of prepped for it because i was doing before this an hour at least an hour a day of meditation yeah uh i always just do a like eat once a day just in the evening so that didn't change for me at all it was just essentially you know instead of learning spanish or going out and exercising and things like that all that time was just taken up with meditating which uh, i'm glad i did would i do it again uh i'm yeah. not, not sure about that i'm not sure there's anything to really fully be gained for me yeah. by by uh, i'm not going to become a monk like that's yeah that's not on the uh, agenda for me yeah fuck it's pretty it's pretty cool to yeah to say that you've done it um and so what did you get out of it would you say like did you have any kind of um insights or like yeah a couple of things so one was any of it guided by the way or you just no 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 no, just just all um yeah like i I would either so i sort of did three types one would be just watching the breath so really focusing on the tip of the nose 
Uh, another would be trying to, you know, just whatever came to mind, the choiceless awareness. So, yeah. you know, if my leg hurt, okay, that's my leg hurting. If I hear a bird chirping outside, okay, that's a bird chirping. And then, yeah, the, like the Douglas Harding one, um, the, you know, sort of looking yeah. forward and then trying to look, yeah. point, you know, pointing at your yourself, trying to trying to look inside, like, where is my head sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, one, like, I'm just well capable of solitude, man. Some, yeah. some people can't handle it, but, you know, that it was scary how easy it was to not talk to anyone for, for a week honestly like looking at myself with that it made me go hmm okay like maybe I do need to actually try and get out more because yeah, okay. all the things I love doing like you know learning languages calisthenics stretching reading they're all pretty solitary so yeah um, you know I like people I like coming here and doing shit like this so I should make more of an effort to to go out and actually do more so funnily like the inverse was the yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, yeah it was like spend more time with people that's probably a good thing um you know like just looking into my past you know i, I don't have any like major things I, I think need treating um tim ferris was talking recently how he he went to one and you know he combined like, he's a bit silly because he combined you know psychedelics uh fasting and you know intensive silent retreat all yeah. in one which is like okay well i'm not sure what you expect to happen but something's gonna happen that's yeah. when he had like you know a revelation of like oh shit i had some child abuse or something like that in the past that he uh, repressed for a while yeah uh, so I, I don't think i have anything like that hidden in there so you now other than that it's like okay i'm, I'm pretty calm I'm pretty normal um yeah. the other one was actually a, like i was making myself suffer a lot like sort of unneedlessly so s- spending eight hours a day you know suffering which essentially it was like you're sitting there it's it's not pleasant like, yeah you, you towards the end you sort of get a little bit better at it but it's still gonna suck in terms um, of better at it in terms of just like the physical sitting yeah like the physical yeah. sitting um you know watching my own mind getting a little bit more concentrated uh it the time passed a little bit quicker yeah. whereas you know those first that first day man i felt each every like every second of that hour was uh, uh and then you know then it's done it's like oh shit i've still got another seven flips to go yeah uh, <laughs> so uh, apart apart from that like it just made me think like okay what's all this other stuff i'm doing like I was, I was running practicing marathon running at the at the time and i don't even like running man like it was cutting into my handstanding and, and calisthenic stuff so i was like why are you doing this man i was like oh well i mean you know i, I set a goal for myself past past and set a goal to yeah to run a marathon it's like uh, but but why like what you're, you're just honoring that commitment but like what's behind that and there yeah. was nothing behind it, it was just me you know usually if i say something i'm gonna try and do it yeah so just keeping that commitment but it just went like fuck man that's a lot of suffering you're doing you don't you don't need to do this so funnily enough like coming out of it was more like i don't know almost more more hedonistic like enjoy life more like spend more time doing the things you enjoy doing yeah make more friendships things like that so it was uh i I think i was going down too much the route of you know discipline strictness yeah you know, making yourself suffer in a way because you know if you if you do more now delayed gratification if you do more now you'll get more later yeah and i just went ah you know what you know enjoy the enjoy the present a bit more so that does sound like a pretty cool experience to to have though now just in the back pocket of you know like it's one more thing that you've done that you said you'd do that you know i, I, I mean? suppose so yeah yeah but it but it's uh i i think the point though is not it's not to use it as an accomplishment yeah as in like yeah oh yeah you know trying to inju- introduce it into conversations or things like that it's like nah yeah i did that it was it was fun but yeah i, I don't think i need to to do that again for yeah. example so so where 
how did you start into this spirituality i guess like non-duality meditation like what was your route into this yeah um and i guess just because i don't don't have many friends that would have practiced on the level that you have Hmm. or myself even like i'm into like yeah how how much do you do per day you still uh i do probably 20 minutes 25 minutes a day and then i'll do one session a week that's like an hour session yeah nice, Um, nice. and most of it is just through through the app yeah um but i'm finding my that i'm getting better so i'll go do a float tank and i'll spend or a sauna so i'll spend that whole time in the either one of those where if i'm in the sauna i'll put on like a uh like a lecture like a ramdas or or one of like just one of the hour things that's on the um on the waking up app yeah but then in the tank i'm actually gonna take my phone into the tank and leave it in like the little basket and put on like an hour meditation because i've never done one guided through um the float tank but i've found that i'm actually getting better at just doing it myself like i kind of can i'll focus on the breath or just like body sensations at the start and then my mind will wander and then i'm like i'm watching a movie come back yeah i'm watching a movie come back and i've always like i I feel like my technique to kind of get back is i try and like see the self in whatever i'm thinking about I'm like, okay, so how is this the self? Where is the self in this? Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, and then I'm like, okay, and then where is the self really? And then I'm like, well, that's it's not there. And then I'm like, cool, I can just chill on that for a minute. And then I can just stay in that space for a while. And then I feel like there's uh, uh, like little thoughts or you get thoughts before they become like fully formed things. And then you can kind of dump those away. And I feel like there's just a process of, of doing that and eventually you get captivated again and then you like fuck watching the movie again then i'd go through that same process where i was i'm like oh where's the self in that where how would i cut through that in a sense in in just in the specific scenario whether it's like i'm having a conversation with somebody i'm like okay so who is that like i kind of just go through these sort of steps back to just that i guess like you said just like the um choiceless awareness kind of deal um but yeah so that would be my i guess how i would practice i'll just do like a morning and a night i'd do the daily one twice and then once or twice a week i'll try and do like a an hour yeah nice nice. 45 minutes yeah yeah it's funny because like you say you get better at meditation which is true in a way because you do become more clear and it's it feels like you're improving as well but then it's yeah there's always that that next like it's it's that sort of continual thing like the next the next one is like it doesn't matter everything you've done before now it's the next yeah. one that really matters yeah which is i'd one just of those say like to... i i feel like your technique would get better yeah something in the like same that, yeah. way that any like you get better at doing squats but mm. the weight's still heavy yeah 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 but you've got this technical ability where you, you don't really have to think about it as much you can just like kind of, kind of do it there's i guess there's like always work to be done yeah but it's it's not like they ever 150 kilos like just doesn't just, it become, does, isn't yeah. heavy yeah. <laughs> yeah like there's always the presence of gravity yeah and i feel like that in terms of just like a person like there's always the self is like a functioning part of the human experience like it it's there no matter what and i don't and i don't even like have the goal like i don't think enlightenment to me is really like a thing yeah, into, yeah. like i'm not i don't think that's something i ever 
not like one it just doesn't i don't think it really matters um but yeah i would definitely say that that like on a technical side of like techniques to get my mind back to where i guess like the you intend it to be for those 15 minutes or whatever that you're sitting or hour yeah and i think you get better at that that, that's that's a good um because it's it's good to talk about like how it actually can influence your life because it it does sort of feel like oh man i'm spending 10 or 20 minutes here like what's what's actually happening other than making myself more like angry or yeah especially right at the start when you do it yeah but uh yeah for me i've noticed you know I don't really feel anger that much, but road rage would, would definitely be like that person cut me off like that motherfucker. Yeah. That, that definitely as Sam Harris talks about, like it just cuts it in half when you, when you look at it and you can catch it real early. Um, that's, that's the important bit. The, the big thing for me, I had, I've, I've spoken about it on here before. I think I put it on Instagram. Actually, I had like that one day where I left here and I was like going home to make a coffee and then I was like sitting there with my coffee and I just was like, I could just feel gnarly anxiety. Uh, but I, at the moment when I was sort of standing there with my coffee, I couldn't really classify it as that. But then I was like, I need to, I didn't meditate in the morning and I was like, I really need to just do something now. And I had looked at my clock, like my watch and I was like, fuck, I need to be back at work in like 15 minutes. My house is five minutes from here. So I was like, I'm going to do five minutes of meditation. So I just put on the timer and I just sat on my couch. There was no, I didn't have any guided, nothing. I just sat there for, for, it ended up being four minutes. And then I sat down and I was like, oh fuck, you're like insanely anxious, dude. Yeah. And like my heart was going, my breath was real short and tight and everything was like contracted. And I was like, fuck this, this is not the, this is not the move. And then I just sat there and uh, I guess like the thought that I had in my mind was just to like, just to study what anxiety was in terms of the body, like study those things and not no goal around them getting better or, or whatever. Just like, just be with that feeling of what you're calling anxiety. Just be like the, the thing that witnesses that play out. And then I, I ended up getting up before the time was done. I was like, Oh, I'm fucking Gucci. Yeah. And I think that, that was probably, I've had a few, big like i guess i'd say like turning point moments in this whole process oh fucking dog i don't know why i decided to bring a ball into the studio but that is going in the desk sorry dude sorry bro get on your bed (laughs) that was a mistake Um, yeah, I feel like I've had a few kind of big turning point moments where I was like, oh, this helps my life. Like this actually has made the experience of being me quite a a lot better. And there were some heavy situations like, uh, one, I broke my hip last year Yeah, yeah. and, uh, I, the, the first like three weeks I was real fucked up. I, I tore the, you've got like the skin and then the muscle and I, hit the ground so hard on my left ass cheek that I like ruptured the connection between the skin and the muscle. And then it it filled up with blood. Yeah. So I had like this huge thing of blood and uh, I couldn't walk properly. Like I couldn't use my legs. And you know, when you see people that have like a spinal injury and they're like feet are dragging a bit, it's like a drop foot or some shit. And um, so it was like two weeks later and I went back to mum and dad's house and because i literally just couldn't look after myself and i was just like how hey, oh, fuck i need help and uh and then mum's like we're just gonna go to the hospital right now 
got to the hospital the, the doctor made me sit on the the bed and did like the knee test and fucking my leg just shot he's like oh man there there's some there's something's wrong with your spinal cord like there's it's this isn't right shouldn't yeah. do this and i remember freaking the fuck out like internally just fucking losing it because i was like man like the podcast was going great my life was going great it, like literally it was mm. the best i've ever felt in my life and then it's like oh you can't use your legs properly yeah now this comes along and now. then i remember um i remember yeah freaking out and then we went in for the mri and literally from like i had these five minutes of just freaking out that i'd fucking ruin my life and then i laid back in the in the hospital bed and i was shaking like i had so much like anxiety that i was literally shaking and i just laid there and i was like you know what whatever the fuck happens it's going to be completely fine like i've always i want to write books i want to do this like there's a bunch of stuff that i don't do that i could do if this happened to Mm. me like this this could be the best thing that ever happened to me who fucking knows yeah and i just laid in there in the bed and i just like felt all that anxiety and then they like wheeled me in i did the mri i just did the whole thing as like kind of i guess through that lens of non-duality just how, how much had you been meditating before that just 10 minutes a day oh like no but for like two, know, years, years, two years okay yeah. yeah um yeah so but i just think like it, it's interesting to talk to you about it because there is you kind of already touched on it there's like the experiential side of it and then there's like the intellectual side of it mm. and i feel like you could probably just understand it like these concepts and study into i guess like the first person like if you just go follow the the kind of steps that um you can or i guess instructions you, you can just get to the place where you're like oh yeah but i don't know whether that's normal or not like but to me i'm like i feel like you could not do the sitting or, or maybe not not do the sitting but you could not have the experiences as like these vivid raw sort of things and still understand that the suffering that's produced by the self is a really bad idea and Mm. it's not there in the way that we think it is if that makes sense yeah i'm wondering if you do you have like a moment where you like had a real clear realization that you had no control of your mind or like you like the thoughts that you were thinking weren't particularly useful did you ever have something like that 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 got you triggered into thinking about these things so this oh yeah so I had a moment in this room where I was thinking about I w- my biggest fear for doing this podcast was that I would come across like I had this ego and that I wanted to be famous. Yeah. That was like pretty much crippling me to the point where I didn't really even want to do it anymore. Because yeah. I just didn't want people to think that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was like... Hard to have a conversation when you're, <laughs> yeah, ex- when you're in that mind state. Yeah. E- exactly. And so I just started thinking about it and I was like breaking down in my head what was going on. I'm like, fuck, I really don't want people to think that I've got this ego and think that I'm better than I am. And then I was like, okay, wait. But me not wanting to have an ego is having an ego yeah yeah and then i it just sent me on this fucking spiral (laughs) dude of like well what the fuck is the ego yeah i was like because if i would have considered the ego to be 
when you're being like egotistical and when you're being cocky and trying to show off and talking yourself up and and i've got that in me like Mm. in a big way and there's a our friend group and our you know banter amongst like jujitsu like i'm like oh shit i'll fucking smash you you know what i mean (laughs) like you kind of live in that state quite a lot and i was so i knew my potential to do that and i knew that there was a side of me that liked to um tell people that i was doing these good things and that so like that there was that and i feel like i'd carried it my whole life and it was a it was attached to like when we were kids we'd do these crazy adventures with our parents it's the same shit that we do now is we'd pack up for six weeks and we'd go off on these fucking adventures through like all through Cape York and all through Kakadu and we'd be fishing and we'd be like, we'd literally live with these Aboriginal kids and we'd camp out at night and make fires and like all this crazy shit. Right. And then I'd come back to school and I'd tell the kid, I'd be like, Oh, I did this and I did that. And I did this just genuine, naive excitement. Yeah. yeah. Thinking it was something cool that everyone would be like, wow, that's awesome. Like we should do something like that. But that's not what I got. I got like, oh, fuck, you're a liar. You're this, you're that. Like, So that yeah. really always played in my mind. I think that now kind of retracing the steps of everything, I'm like, oh, that's what this really stemmed from. So then when I got into this position, I was like, fuck, I'm just doing the same shit. I'm just like telling people how fucking great everything is. And I'm talking about this and that. And it, that, it honestly was just fucking with me. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, so if not wanting to have an ego is essentially the same thing as having an ego then what the fuck is the ego how do i get rid of this thing and just be normal without this thing that i feel compelled to do yeah for sure and then that what did i read first i literally read ego is the enemy yeah ryan holidays yeah and then i was like "Mm, i don't know about that like it just didn't seem to fit super well and I, I think that's a good reaction to because yeah. that was exactly the same for me with you know a lot of Sam Harris's stuff like eh, I'm not sure about that like that sounds a bit weird yeah um, so I, I I read that and then I've always loved philosophy so I I um that that was like I've always been a um I didn't know what metaphysics was yep. until I read like Zen and Art of Motorcycle Maintenance yeah and then you start asking and then yourself. I was, but then I was like oh, I've been thinking about metaphysics my entire life like this has been an obsessive thing that I've been thinking about but there's no answers there like mm. literally by definition there's fucking no answers there so I'd been just kind of going down that rabbit hole of just thinking about all these different explanations for reality and but you know I was like one of those dudes and then uh, and then I read um, I read Waking Up like years ago like kind of when it first came out didn't hit me at all like I just didn't I'd listened to Sam Harris I thought he was just like a brilliant intellectual I loved so much of the shit that he said but the the self thing didn't really kind of hit me in the same way and it was funny man I actually was going through notes on my phone just to be like because I always write quite a lot of notes and I was like I wonder when the first time I mentioned like consciousness or anything like that in my notes and it was 2016 so it was like it's been kind of like this long process yeah but then anyway i read ego is the enemy i read um like meditations from marcus aurelius and i i start i'd been meditating in the life hack 
sense of the word but without this non-duality is i guess like the focus of it and then i reread waking up and it was just yeah life-changing yeah, and i everything that i read then i read a bunch of books from the Dalai lama i just how'd I you find his books i've read a couple by him and they i, I found them pretty useless oh i found i i find some of the analogies around the self pretty handy yeah like, and then the um attachment and aversion are two things that i think about quite a lot um but i wouldn't say that i guess like buddhism is my thing yeah i yeah. just don't think I, I think that's metaphysical like it gets to a point where i think that the observations that you can make and in terms of like performing experiments on your own mind through practicing and you know like deliberately having these thoughts around like while you're practicing i think they're good but in terms of like the metaphysical side of it it just it turns into anything else at that point it, yeah they start they got some weird stuff man i've been diving a bit into the like the actual texts like the the suttas and things like yeah, that right and fuck man they are just full of re- like you, you start getting into it and you i don't know i, I never knew like um, it's not hell but there was this passage where it was talking about what happens when you die before like the reincarnation process yeah and then you like get your arms and legs chopped off and like you know i can't remember the dude's name but he's like you know one of the bad guys uh, one of the gods is like cutting you up and it's like even though you have no body you you still feel all this pain and things like that <laughs> what went, the what the, yeah like no nah, i can't get on board with this this is a bit too extreme yes. and then and then you add all like the religious like rules and all those things and then it starts to get being like ah uh, no nah, I, I i enjoy like the the touching like my toes into buddhism they got some cool yeah, stuff there but yeah. then it's like no nah, I'll, I'll draw back that's pretty much where i'm at with it like i've i've found the the real good mix for me has been i guess like because there's a um there's a level at which you like i'm pretty on board with the fact that the self is illusory in terms of the way that it would be described in buddhism like i i I agree with that but i also think that the i i would prefer to call it like the ego function because like everybody has an ego it's completely necessary you either get a choice you'd be a dude in a cave that sits down then people bring you rice and then you sit in the cave Mm. then you could then you could say that there's no self and it is illusory i'd be like totally down i'm fucking with you bro you do you mate but in terms of just like being an everyday person it's like well there is a self there that's but it's like a function it's a function in the same way that any system like the endocrine system functions or the immune system i think it's just a there's a function it's a it's a, a thing that's produced for a specific reason so i think that i've kind of found that maybe some of like the buddhism stuff would help in terms of like what like dukkha the suffering that is produced by the human mind and i think that there's some good stuff there so it's like there's this weird balance i think you got to find of like okay practice this idea and have it i guess like punctuate your life of this like there really isn't a self here to produce the suffering in this way and even physical pain like you described it's it's only physical pain through the lens of a self if there's no interpreter if there's no one riding shotgun to experience that is describing it to you then then there actually isn't pain there's Mm. just experience in the same way that pleasure would be so like i feel like i can really get around all of that 
but then I also can really get around the fact that like you also need to work on yourself like there is a self there that does need work and I think that the balance between those two to be able to I guess like automatically interject anytime there's like a hint of suffering that would be produced by that illusory thing that's like the balance that I think you try and get to yeah where it's like here's this self that I'm like down to work on and no needs improvement and and no is in like this constant state of flux and it can go fucking up or down but at the core of it that it's kind of not there in the way that should produce suffering so i don't know how you feel about it. yeah no i i think like like you were sort of saying just then it's almost like you need a caveat all these things yeah Yeah, um you know the yeah pain is illusory and it's only really in your mind but when you bang your leg into the table you fucking better believe like you Mm. i and everyone even the monks they're gonna feel it and it's the immediate reaction is not to think like, oh, that's illusory. That I don't actually feel that. It's like, no, man, my fucking knee hurts. Like, yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've realized that um, with a lot of things like, because um, I've been reading so many of like, yeah, the Buddhist towers of books, things like that. There's a lot of platitudes in there. And, you know, platitudes sort of just saying like, you know, something that is is thrown out and it's lost all meaning because it's been said so many times. Yeah, essentially. yeah, um, yeah. But, it, but it's still true in a way. But, you have to recognize like yeah it's it's not you have to you have to have that balance between the two that like living in paradox you know yeah um yes i can if i really concentrate control my heart rate by you know breathing deep you know really concentrating i could slow it down but all the time day in day out my heart's just doing its thing like i'm not controlling that so i have control of it but i don't like it's it's the same thing like you just gotta accept that you can't can't just be like no it's one or the other no it's 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 both it's both one time it might be this one time it might be that but yeah yeah so how did you start with all of it yeah i kind um, of hijacked that yeah yeah no that's cool It's, it's fun going back to these things um so i was looking into my past as well recently and i think it's real good actually just as a general tip for people like if you're not sure what you want to do or like what would be good for you just look at us what you're doing with a kid like if you were climbing trees and shit you know maybe you should get into bouldering maybe that's something that'll be up your alley yeah true way. for me um <laughs> i still remember there was this uh infographic i found back in the day so that's like one of those little, yeah, you know, little pdf yeah, documents yeah. got a couple of photos and some text in it and it was all about how you can like alter your your states um just like your mind state by these like you know hacks so it was a little bit of bullshit yeah. but um like some of the things for example were if you cut a ping pong ball in half you tape them over your eyes um it'll put you in total darkness and then you'll see like visions and shit like that which you know float tanks yeah, yeah. you can people have that experience you try that with a ping pong ball you're just gonna cut your fucking eyes like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not super useful um but they had things in there talking about how monks can sort of see time um differently like they can slow down time and so i thought this meant they could actually like yeah see a mosquito flying across yeah. the room at half speed um and so i used to do things like when i was brushing my teeth in the evening i would um one of the things they said was like you know the monk would take a step and feel every single step like feel it would take them you know an hour to walk across yeah. the room so i'd be there like brushing my teeth trying to like focus as much as i could on that which is you know stupid because you need to focus completely on that and not be brushing your teeth and do it for only like five minutes a day but <laughs> so uh yeah i when i was uh, and that was when i would have been like 14 or 15 so that was in there for a long time that just yeah. interest and in, in that sort of like in in psychedelics as well getting into that realm um lucid dreaming as well yeah talking about that and i've 
I've managed to achieve that a couple of times, which is really cool as well. Just like, like, yeah, another little thing to tick off and be like, oh yeah, I've sort of felt that. That's yeah, okay. I can see how that uh, happens and like what, yeah, just what that means for the mind as well. Um, but yeah, there was that little infographic thing. So I used to be interested in that, and then you know, life gets in the way. You got your own problems. You can't talk to girls. Got to do yeah. things like that. Uh, and then it was. Uh, gee, so I'd, I'd left uni, I'd come back, so I would have been about 25 and um, I was renting with this girl in West End and I didn't particularly know her, um, she was from Mackay and so she would sort of like come and go and I was sort of coming and going from my parents and we just didn't really know each other, like we never saw each other and there was just like this little bit of a gradual, gradual like animosity between us really? and um, one day I came back and she'd gone to Mackay for the Christmas period and um, there was just the cutting board wasn't there like I'd, I'd brought in like a cutting board and her cutting board was gone as well and I just went like this fucking bitch she took the cutting boards back to Mackay like what the fuck so I like looked all around the house they weren't uh, anywhere and I was just stewing in this man I was stewing this for like two days you know not doing the normal thing that a person would do and like maybe sending a text saying like oh, hey yeah. where are the cutting boards you know um, just attaching all this malevolence to her and yeah just one afternoon i just like after stewing in it for another 20 minutes just went oh, what the fuck man that and that was like my sort of like awakening thing as well just looking at my own mind just going oh man i have no control here i have no idea what the fuck is going on uh and funnily enough i then found the cutting boards like in the one place i didn't look so you know it wasn't even thank you thank you uh you know makai girl for for that but uh <laughs> attached all this hate and rage to her i hope that hasn't actually affected her in the universe but um <laughs> so that that got me thinking then like okay like uh, i need to get like a, a, a little bit of a handle on this at least um i'd, I'd uh yeah listen to sam harris before this but that was when i sort of really got into okay like what's in this meditation stuff and how can it make things like that not happen again because that like that's not useful for me that's not useful for her that's not useful mm. for, for anyone yeah yeah and then so what was your like did you get like the app and then do the intro course uh, and shit like that I, or how was like the what was like the practice side of it for you yeah so that that was when i started traveling so i was um going through i just tons of tons of free time so i was going through all through central america um well, latin america i guess and so yeah i would i would um wouldn't really be able to use the app because i'd be in dorm rooms and stuff and i would prefer doing it in the morning and it was freezing cold so it's sort of like want to be in the bed area still so yeah. i started just doing it um yeah like sort of half-assed in a way but yeah. just getting that practice going so yeah. like 15 minutes each morning would do it and i'd maybe like increase it decrease it just depending how i was feeling and then yeah after doing that for a, a, i guess a couple of years while traveling when i came back to to australia and was just you know living the the normal life again that was when i started yeah really making it a like really spending some time in it so like half an hour a day i started i used the app for a while as well yeah yeah super useful it's um definitely adds to added to the yeah like the techniques you were talking about being able to yeah understand some things a bit more and then yeah now i just do it like you know 10 minutes a day sometimes i'll up it sometimes i'll i'll do less yeah and do you find the the principle or, or like the concept of non-duality kind of like where do you sit on that uh honestly man like i i barely even know what that means i've, I've spent really? so much time reading yeah. all this stuff and just just for me like that that that's just one of the things that i i don't particularly care about like yeah it, um I, I can sort of see it and if you explain it in your own words like it'll make sense to me but 
I just don't think about it that much. So just yeah, do do the things that are useful for me, and if it's not useful, yeah, yeah chuck it out. Like, well, I think that's probably like one of the important things in general with it is that like there are people that can go through life that really don't have the level of affliction like everything is this sliding scale Mm. you know so for some people like just mindfulness in its form without any of the non-duality or any of the kind of concepts around the self or free will or anything like that I mean, just mindfulness can get them to the point where somebody else could get to that has really is like committed to this concept of non-duality and is on that path completely, you know, like I'd say the same level of affect that those two people could feel like you can get there without, you know, it's not like you need to have this particular uh, worldview or view of reality or whatever to be happy. And I just think that, yeah, you might be one of those people that you've just done like enough work to get to this like manageable level. And it's, it's not really something that I guess like even needs to be in the picture, if that makes sense. For, for me, I think my problem has always been, I thought too much. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I, I, I call it like making myself stupider. So just not, not getting in that thing where it's overanalyzing, thinking too much, you know, exploring this topic and whatnot. It's like, no, nah, like, I got to try and shut off the brain just yeah just let it do like you know be in like a the sort of state where it's like I'm just doing something so if I'm exercising it's not thinking about like oh how could I make this exercise better in the future it's just no let's just focus on the moment yeah do it do what I'm doing right now yeah and I guess that's really like at the core of all of those teachings anyway is like to just try and get you to that state where it's just like oh yeah be here now kind of yeah yeah nirvana's a weird one man i've been so like diving into like the taoist books the buddhism ones and all that yeah it's it's it seems really weird like and and zen as well so uh, my my picture of nirvana now is definitely not you know one person who's achieved this you'd sort of like you know imagine the dude in the cave but able to operate in the real world that's sort of what i viewed nirvana as yeah now it's more like I, th- I think just a person who's who's able to to turn it on and turn it off when they want like yeah. turn it you know be thinking be in the world make plans and stuff like that when it's useful and then when it's not useful just just flick it off and be like no nah, okay now we'll we'll do this thing now yeah no i completely completely agree i find myself uh i think for for me i'll definitely have periods where i can't get that concept out of my head if i try yeah. like the the whole concept of non-duality and not like it's almost like a like i just constantly am trying to like that whole i i guess too so when i do like the douglas harding like the look for your face or look for who's looking like i i do have a like there is a physical feeling and something i'd love to talk to like someone about that i guess um, has those kind like there is like a physical thing associated for them as well but I literally the the thing that I feel or like the imagined feeling like you know when you watch a movie in space like gravity or something mm. like that and there's like that feeling that you see the the fucking rope break or something that's like at the space station and then you feel like that like yeah, that yeah, void yeah, yeah. feel so, you're yeah. like oh fuck they're, they're done they're like they're, they're, gone. they're <laughs> gone like they'll never come back like that that moment where the clip breaks 
or whatever it is that breaks off the space station and you get like that <clears throat> like that weightless like every, i get i get that mm. kind of whenever i is it like a prolonged one or you, it's that same feeling of nah, just really short pretty start, pretty yeah. short um and then i guess that it's like um you're pretty you've done a lot of psychedelics at this no, point, not a lot it? man no just but you've got doubled, experiences yeah, yeah. so i guess the way that i would explain it is like if you're on mushrooms and you've just literally solved the fucking riddles of the universe which i'm pretty sure everyone that's done enough mushrooms (laughs) has felt that feeling and then you go you try and explain it to yourself instantly you're like i've got to remember this i've got to and then and then it goes away as soon as that thought enters your brain of like i've got to write this down i gotta i gotta remember it then the feeling's over i'd say that's exactly the same thing you look you get that feeling and then you'll come back online you're like that was it that's that feeling and then it's over so i'd i'd say like that is kind of where i would be at in terms of like the physical side of it uh, the the i've had a couple of like gnarly experiences the i've had one in a float tank where i i couldn't tell you the time but it was i'd guess longer than 15 minutes of that feeling and it was very very bizarre like uh there's uh you know like the i guess the instruction of like when you look into you close your eyes and but you still kind of like pay attention to your visual field yeah and you're looking um into the darkness and sort of seeing what comes up and looking for like the boundaries of that space like where does it start where does it stop what's the size like playing with those visuals i was in a float tank and did I guess I was kind of going through that and then I had an experience where they're just, I got to, cause I'd say like in my normal pre- like routine of when I'm practicing and that's the daily meditation that comes on out of the three or four or five or whatever. Um, that one, that, that space feels quite small. Like it, it, you'd almost say like it does feel like the inside of your head, but then there was in the flow tank, I'd probably had 30 minutes where like there was there was literally no size there was no time there was no anything and there was like the faintest hint of that voice trying to explain the experience but for whatever reason that it just didn't didn't fully bust through for like a long time and then i had and then i had probably five minutes of just like i was kind of like blissed out like kind of tripping on the experience and i and then the five minute mute there's like music for the last five minutes where it's like him kind of music and then then the lights slowly come on or whatever yeah um but yeah so i would i'd say like there's been a few i guess i have a few physical reference points if that, i guess that's sort for of sure. what i'm trying to say but yeah there's definitely times where like that we just did that trip to wa whole time dude all i could think about like there was just nothing really else that i could think about other than like that be like seeing through that in every situation that i was in and every I, it was just constantly going yeah and since i got back fuck <laughs> three days of you know there'll be like three or four days where it's just not even a thought in your mind until you sit and do the app yeah so it's uh yeah it's definitely like a very yeah sometimes it's something i can't get away from sometimes it's something i can't get into for in, sure in, at all and i feel like there's a a thing that i guess maybe i've noticed with like me or like my ego or whatever is that there is 
And I think that's why I've been thinking about aversion a lot. Anytime there's an aversion to meditate where I can't just like literally look at my, cause it's on my home screen, like daily meditation. And I look at that and if there's ever any aversion to doing that 10 minutes, then I've, I'm spending way too much time as like just a self. Like that, mm, that balance yeah. has kind of gone out the window. And I'd say that's probably what happens to people just in the start. Like there is, for whatever reason, I feel like that that ego function doesn't necessarily want to spend time as just like choiceless awareness. It kind of, there's like a, a incentive for the self to stay like fairly heavily online. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's, and it's a fair bit of work as well. You know, just actually creating, you know, 20, 20 minutes per day when you don't have that before and it, and it feels like that's sort of useless at the start or worse than that, like, you know, worse than useless. Mm, that, that, yeah, like actually negative yeah, yeah exactly exactly um my friend Juan, he he um like just can't can't meditate he's tried before but he he gets it through other ways like through gym and stuff yeah. like that he'll say yeah before like a real heavy squat or something that moment like all you can think about is the squat and it sounds similar that you know flow state i guess that's why yeah. people i'm guessing why people do ultra marathons I, I can't imagine why else like you would do it other than getting that of because if you're one of those people who really likes discipline and, and challenges and things like that, yeah, that's cool. But fuck man, ultra marathons are, <laughs> they're a whole different deal. That's, that's days and days of just pain and suffering. Full suffering. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was one of the things that probably, I think in line with all of this going down, I guess I could really feel it in jujitsu as well. Like I just, I've said it a bunch before, but like motocross, I wouldn't really get to that. I've literally done it 25 plus years. Mm. So if there was ever anything that I could say I'm like a black belt in, it would be that in terms of just like 10,000 hours kind of deal. And um, I don't get like that blank, no self kind of flow state. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, but it's not definitely not a guaranteed thing. And it's not even something I'm really chasing because it's just not there in that experience very often. But jujitsu is the exact opposite it's like if i do four roles in a class then there's 20 minutes where i'm literally not me anymore yeah and i think that that was a and there's no i'm not trying to do that that that's not a conscious thought producing that like that is just whatever the situation with like my brain that's where that goes into that place so i think that having that as well as like a physical reference point i was like i can clearly see the self or i can clearly look back and know that I'm not really there in that moment to the point where I can't even really remember most of what went down. Like even if I actively try to remember the positions and like watch it over in my head, there's a big mm. period of that where I'm that like, there's not even a memory around that. So I, I've, I think that probably helped as well is like once I've started going down that path, it was laid out for me physically like in something that i already was doing if that makes sense yeah so i could look back and be like oh yeah i kind of that isn't really there and then on this podcast as well like i'll talk to people about the time they landed a triple backflip or the time like and there's evidence of it there as well as like oh it's just pure experience like there's no one that's like narrating this experience like you're just there the narration comes online post so it's like i guess i could sort of see it in those kind of areas and you're right like people who would say they can't meditate they're they're seeking it out 
by other means. And I think like sex, it's definitely, there's no self for like good sex. Mm. There's definitely no evidence of a self there for me at all. And then, um, you know, like watching TV, there's no, there's no self there. And I think that there is all of these places in our daily lives like everybody's daily life where it does completely drop away and you're only left with experience but then you just comes back online and you're like well that was fucking good like that was a great movie you're not going like man it was rad myself dropped away for an hour and i didn't think about any of my problems or work tomorrow or any of that shit they just go like fuck that was good yeah that should win an oscar yeah and that's like the i guess that's the wrapping of it whereas i guess I'm like uh, advocating in a way of like, oh, you can get that whenever. Like uh, that same thing that you're experiencing is just like, it's kind of like never really there if you, I guess you know the way that you can kind of uh, intellectually get back to that state. Yeah, for sure. It's so weird, man. Conscious, so weird. Like if you think about, you know, just sleep, let alone, you know, what, what's like, what's the deal with that? How, um here's a question for you if you had like a a pill that you could take and it would just for you'd only need to sleep one hour a day there'd be like no consequences um in terms of health or anything like that it's like yeah we've solved it would you take that pill do you think that'd be something you'd that would be useful i reckon i'd take that pill uh i'd abuse it at the start yeah i reckon and then i'd probably start to see some negative consequences and then i'd probably go all right, I'm only going to use this pill two days a week or something like that. Yeah. Because like, I feel like it's a no-brainer. Like if there's no... there, There's physically no consequences, but socially there could be consequences. Yeah, that's, that's what you I was what thinking. Mean? Yeah. I was thinking like, you know, if you had an extra seven hours like of, of nighttime, you know, maybe it's a bit different if everyone was taking it and the whole world yeah. radically transformed and then it's like, you know, things are open from 7 a.m. until 6 p.m. Uh, 6 p.m. Or, or, or sorry 7 a.m. till 6 a.m. and then yeah. there's like one hour where everyone just like tunes out but yeah man like having seven hours an extra seven hours of just like time for me to do things i'm not i'm not sure if i really want that especially because it's it'd be that sort of dead time in the night yeah yeah i could read more yeah i could do you know more more things but that that would definitely be more of the strike like introducing so much more striving was, into was, my life like yeah. oh yeah can do this can do this yeah. yeah how do you yeah i guess that's a good example of where like the the nomenclature of buddhism is like good is like striving mm. i'm like oh okay this yeah. is a like I've, I've had that thought the last couple of days i'm like there's a lot of striving that's going on and then there's a conversation in my head of how I try to justify this striving to myself. I'm like, oh, if I do this, and, this, mm. and then it's like, yeah, but yeah, if, underneath if I get that, all I'm my, happy. Yeah, yeah. All my finances sorted, then I'll be able to, you know, have all this free time to not strive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I always have a problem with, um. so like I haven't worked a, a proper like nine to five job for getting close to five years now. And one of the things I've noticed is, you know, when I was earning, like I was out in the mines, I was earning, you know, shit tons of money. And then I was using a lot of that money to then, you know relax and not be able to do things and it's such like you know man i work really hard so i need to have a really nice house for that downtime where it's you know just say if you could cut that in half then you would realize like with all that extra time you don't you don't need like a nice house you can just do other things like it doesn't matter as much um that's one of the things i've noticed just from yeah yeah 
on the same path man like you you do all these things for this next thing and then you realize oh you know what if i did just sit out in a tree under a tree all day and did shit and then yeah i mean it's nice to have houses and stuff so you still probably need some income coming in and things like that you don't want to you know be completely at the mercy of the of the world but man i for me personally like i look around and just go man there's a lot of work that's being done here to then maintain main, yeah. maintain something that you wouldn't need if you weren't doing all this work that yeah. that and that's just yeah that's just me though <laughs> no i completely completely agree and one of the things as well it was after i read one of the books from the Dalai Lama, so this is something i got out of it is i was i went down i, I literally finished reading the book and then I went, rode down, I live like right in Burley. So I just rode my bike down and I got a coffee and I sat outside while they were making it. And uh, and I was like, I'm just going to sit and just be aware of the surroundings and just wait for my coffee, no phone, no nothing. Just sit, look at the view. And I guess with the that wide Douglas Harding framing of like taking in everything, you know. And so then I was sitting there and all I could fucking look at was my super expensive mountain bike that wasn't locked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, I've got this scene in front of me and I'm just, like, look, staring at, at, this, um, at this fucking view that I've, that I've got. But I was so focused on this bike. And then the whole concept of just attachment came. And I was like, I'm fixated on this bicycle because it's fucking, like, $6,000 and if I lost it, I'd be so fucking pissed. And so I'm, I, I was like, that is attachment. Like this thing that I would say makes me happy, this expensive, nice mm, yeah, yeah. bicycle. I'm, I'm not, it, that, there's no happiness being produced here. What there is, is there's attachment. And then if that attachment is broken, there is sadness. Yeah. I was like, that's fucking weird. And it was fully on display for me in that moment. Yeah, there's no, I, no denying it in that case. Yeah. No, nah, and I was like, if I I have to sit here and be completely okay with somebody just stealing my bike from right in front of my face and just riding off with it. And I just like sat there and I was like, all right, I'll be okay with that. And I just stopped looking at the bike and I sat there, oh, for, nice, another, nice. Sat there for another five minutes and like just didn't pay attention to it and got my coffee. And then when I got my coffee, I fucking rode one-handed back to the house, but... There was a like that. I feel like those traditional texts, they do have some of those really great uh, concepts like striving, attachment, aversion. They are conditions that uh, I think that if you can kind of constantly think about like, what are the aversions I have in my life? What are the attachments that I have in my life? What am I striving for in my life? I think that if you do, you don't even have to meditate as such but like meditate on those things like spend time being productive like am i really attached to the this um fucking bike or am i attached to the the podcast in an unhealthy way what am i striving for in an unhealthy way like what am i averse to doing like one thing for me like oh, there's a lot of aversion that comes when i have to do an ice bath yeah, yeah. you know just things like that and like really look at you know who is the the person there that has those aversions you know yeah do you purposely go out and try and do things like that so um for me for example i hate the cold um very yeah. similar so for a, it took me like a year of, of just doing like showers cold showers every time like just cold water for the first minute and a half or whatever yeah. and then can enjoy the heat and whatnot 
Um, and now it feels like, and I've done that with so many other things, like um, approaching girls, for example. Like yeah. now I can do it, like you know, just go out in the street and talk to them if I want to. Whereas you know there was that that fear and aversion, and it's almost like I needed to break the back of it to then be like, okay, it's done. The problem with that though, there's like always the next one. So there's always like yeah. um, dancing for me now. It's like I'm very uncomfortable going out to like a, a dance floor or a nightclub or anything like that and dancing. And I was thinking, oh, like this next year, should I make it my goal to learn how to dance so then I can like go out, dance, prove to myself that I don't need to. And then, but then it's like, well, you can just not dance, man. Like <laughs> that's, yeah, a, that's yeah. also okay. So yeah. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you feel it useful to go out and try and yeah break the back of those things and, and just be like, all right, it's, it's done now. Like, per, like for example, you could go out purposefully and like make it a habit of leaving your bike unchained for a month or something yeah. and just to prove to yourself like okay it's okay now well i think um I, there's one way to do it would be to do like your the way that you do it of like tackling those different things but i think uh for me like honestly jiu-jitsu is the thing like that just gives me so much problems <laughs> yeah in yeah. terms of mentally that i try and just stay committed to that thing and i feel like i f- have all of the anxiety all of the aversion all of the striving all of the attachment like everything for me is in that lane like it it's there's striving to want to be a black belt to want to win competitions to want to beat other people to want to win in general there's aversion to losing and uh being i guess like humiliated and having somebody do better than me so there's all of these things are kind of like wrapped up in that and i fucking have not even come close to squashing those things yeah yeah so i think to me like yeah i i just have those places wrapped up in like one neat or like the i have those things wrapped up in like one neat little bundle and then i just try and use the experience that i've gained through jiu-jitsu and then just apply it to like when i have to do an ice bath mm. and when i have to do those things it's like because I, I feel like aversion or any of those things it, they're, they're the same like and i guess this is what when i talk about the the self and i'm like okay in every situation i get stuck on something or i hit one of those walls i'm like what's like the self's role in this like and can you see through that that thing in terms of not see through it because that's probably just like a term i guess but it's like is the self producing this like is this produced by uh my idea of the self if i strip away and i think the easiest way for me to do it is like all right if i strip away language what's left Mm -hmm. so like i want to like explain this aversion to an ice bath without language yeah interpretive dance maybe <laughs> there's, but there's and like but there's not i'm like well i can't explain my fear of this yeah now like if you take away just even the use of language the feeling of it is still there but it's almost like the self would have to come online to tell yourself why you feel the way that you do and what and it's like okay well you can't use language because that is the i guess like the the medium that the self kind of is translated through it's like it's just this conversation that's in your head so i'm just like i'll get to one of those sticking points and i'll just go back to that like strip away language can you explain this like what is this feeling without the words that you're 
using to describe because I guess that's definitely one thing that I can fully be on board with is that there before before language and before like I think about this thought experiment is if I took away your ability to understand any language and I know you know multiple Mm. you would still function yeah yeah you would still be able to do things of of some sort yeah you would be able to do everything except communicate with other people and with yourself but in turn like you might not be able to call a glass a glass anymore or you wouldn't call water water but like I'm not taking anything else away from your experience or like your personality, all the experiences that you've ever had, you just use the lose the ability to articulate them to either yourself or to other people. Yeah. You'd still be able to do literally everything that you do now. But the story around the cold water or the, you know, whatever it is, like you wouldn't be able to articulate those things and you would just be able to, like you could still do the thing that you're feeling aversion towards if that makes sense yeah i could tell you a book about this um there's this uh book called don't sleep there are snakes and it's by daniel everett i think and he was uh, a christian missionary so one of those dudes who yeah was like a linguist and then would go to to these you know far forsaken tribes in the middle of nowhere and translate the bible like learn their language translate the bible for them right and he went into i believe it was the um uh geez like brazilian rainforest the amazons and there was one there, you know, like completely, I think there'd been one Westerner there before him. And if I recall correctly, their language structure didn't have the ability for an I. So mm. you could never actually say That's like, quite popular, I. eh? Yeah, yeah. And it was, I, I thought that was pretty, pretty crazy in the sense that, you know, it makes so many things way more difficult to talk about yeah. because you can't, you know, relate it to yourself. So everything had to be related to, um, you know, the gods in the sky would, would do these things and it would affect you know this this sort of area it, it was always like yeah it's it's not me being able to say it it's it's things like affecting this entity or something or something like that yeah and that was that was a pretty cool book to to learn about that so yeah you didn't get any like sense of ego for example or or, yeah. or things like that in those people you know yes they're still uh, you know pretty primitive in terms of technologies and things like that but yeah the, it seemed like the the way he explained how they would behave and their mindsets seems like you know striving would be something they'd really have to yeah uh, it would it, be it, a concept they'd yeah, have to learn yeah it may, yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah it's, it didn't seem like it was something that naturally came up with them yeah and that's not to say they don't have like all the emotions you know anger hate jealousy you know love but even those. that though so um there's a really great book called um uh, how emotions are made lisa feldman barrett have okay. you read that one no no fuck it's good good man and i've got another book i've I started reading it but i just i kind of cooked myself like i read a bit too much i just there's, needed, there's some books that you need to i need some to stephen or, king or, yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and uh but there's a book it, it's by kurt danzinger it's called naming the mind okay and he was a psychologist from america that went to indonesia to teach um english in like in indonesia with so we had to learn like balinese and anyway there was a there was no like the whole idea of a psychologist didn't even exist so he couldn't even explain to people what a psychologist was and so he got partnered with a i guess his like balinese equivalent of of him and they had these conversations of 
he was like trying to literally explain what a self was yeah, to this okay, guy. Okay. Like they just don't have. Jeez, that sounds like the devil <laughs> coming in and like offering. <laughs> yeah. So and and he wrote this book that he went all around then and wrote this book how we have like named the mind like we have the the self is a concept like everything that we have in our language has i guess like it it's more of a cultural phenomenon than like i think people just assume that they're born with the eye in their head and that that's the human condition Mm. and i'd say to an extent that it you are to to an extent but that's definitely been reinforced like over and over. like there's a re it's culturally um advantageous to be a self yeah, yeah. In, in like our society is like set up in in that way and i think that if you kind of can look through society with that kind of framework in mind like oh this definitely rewards itself like the whole thing of sex cells and like advertising advertising is literally striving like there's mm. that there's that affliction that uh we're fucking with that's been created for us and now that is a mechanism that will keep the economy going forward like there's this part of us that we've created culturally where if you push this button you'll strike the the striving cord in a person that person's going to go out get a job they want to get a new car they want to get a new this that that ticks along and keeps like this whole thing going but if you go back to these other cultures like it's just it's literally not even a concept that's in there um that's like in their culture at all yeah in their vocab yeah that, I, that book is definitely up my alley i need to need to check that out made me think like you know the the western mindset is definitely there's, there's no surprise to me that all the you know inventions and yeah. like the technological like amazing things you know look at this everything yeah. in this studio essentially um was created through that you know from the westerners stuff and it's no surprise to me as well that that's where you know you probably have the highest capita of psychologists per per person yeah or because it's like suicide would be the highest yeah yeah exactly exactly so yeah it's it's um yeah it's funny maybe we all need to just go on a beach and chill out just chill out a bit more <laughs> the, it was crazy man so friend of mine dan kirby shout out dan kirby he um he just had a kid his first kid and he sent me a video of it the other day of it of him and uh fuck it hit me like it hit me so hard because there was just this baby with no language yeah and it's it sort of sounds weird to say but like here's this little baby was 10 minutes old and his eyes are just like fucking massive just like using his eyes for the first time and having this like so that is like the birth of a conscious experience and then that conscious experience is seeing literally seeing experience for the first time but with no concepts laid over the top of it literally not one what a fucking trip and Mm. like you can you can just see that child that's the experience that's having there's no other way that it could be having another experience and it's like that to me when i saw when I saw little baby Mars, I was like, that's what we are Act under, underneath all of it. When you strip all of the, uh, you know, the different concepts and attachments and all of it, like everything that makes you who you are, you strip all of that away. If I took away your ability to talk, everything like that, you'd be that baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not sure it's like everything. available. Yeah. Cause it, cause it's, um, 
there's all sorts of things like um yeah another book um uh against oh, who's it by hugo mercier uh, not born yesterday it's all about you know are humans actually gullible and, and things like that and there's a couple of things in that where he's talking about babies uh, you know relatively young children and they're still able to they can barely speak and they're still able to roughly determine when an adult's saying something like they might might not particularly understand what they're saying but they get like if they tell like an untruth the next things that are coming out of their mouth are less trustworthy and things yeah, like that yeah. and you know they barely form this concept of of language but they can still sort of tell yeah so there are definitely things out there like you know just deep in our brains genetically as well which are i'm sure there's people out there who can't meditate because they don't have the meditation gene or whatever like it's just mm. it's not in there as well so yeah you know or, or yeah so many things are just concepts and things like that and then you get back to like the brain and the the physical body and all these things yeah. and it's like oh yeah but some of it's really deep rooted in and you can't you can't particularly get rid of it oh i definitely agree with that and i i'd say like i'd been thinking a, a lot as well about just the concept of nature and nurture and how some people will place more importance of one than the other mm. but i think that the the self that you get like who you are is the like you've got uh nature and nurture or culture you know i get i would say like nurture is culture essentially yeah. i think that's probably like a better way to represent that word because if you had the same dna like if you took my baby body and i was born and raised with a tribe in the amazon i would be a completely different person like i just don't obviously like my dna would then you know you kind of meet 50 50 in the middle so it's like you got nature now, then you've got concepts and then they hit here and then that's where the like it's like they meet in the middle mm. the self is like the meeting point and then that's the thing that gets carried through but i think that yeah there there is a if you do strip away all of the cultural concepts and you just come down to to like purely nature i think that is the i'd say that state is available through practice and it is uh that is like what we all would be if you kind of took it all away and mm. there there is no real like quote unquote suffering in that moment like if you've got no ability to obviously you've got the ability but if you are not having the internal conversation if you're not layering concepts around certain things then uh you would just be like that pure experience when you know in the case of like looking at that baby yeah for sure I was thinking actually i don't know why this popped in my head but um you know say like we get we uh, elon musk does his things and we're able to send some people to mars you know how many people would actually want that actually enjoy that because you would have to strip away so many things you know if someone dies you're not just going to throw away a body full of like magnesium like all these elements that are impossible to get no like you are reusing every single part of them Fuck, that's a trip. Are, are you like are you going to be comfortable like literally you know eating these particles of and it's way more obvious in that case because, you know, I, I die, my body goes in the earth and then flowers pop yeah. up and it's, you know, there's a there's a bit of a distance between that versus, you know, you're on Mars and you're... Yeah, and you're, you're just you're, like, you're, like straight autopsy yeah, and yeah, just like maybe, put in a blender. Maybe you're not physically, you know, roasting his bones and like things like that, but there's, there's something that you know is going on in that room over there and then, you yeah. know, your food comes out and it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> well, I guess that, that would depend on what, I guess you think happens to you after you die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I haven't div, um, dived too deep into like th th 
the Christianity and like a lot of them of what actually happens when, because you know they know that the body rots beneath the surface and whatnot. Yeah. So it's not like they're assuming magical things are happening down there. But yeah, there's some interesting things regarding death as far as like what we all believe. Yeah, and getting into that is <laughs> thorny territory. <laughs> well, I think that. I'd say that that was something I was definitely, I was like always considering, you know, how I I guess I was kind of interested in the metaphysics of things. And now I just don't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. I just don't see, there's no, I just don't think there's any answers to be found. Like, I feel like that's the point that I've got to. Yeah. It's just like, I could read every fucking book. I could interview every expert on the topic. I could talk to literally nobody knows. And I've thought... I've had the same thought since I was a kid of essentially like all we are is just a rat in a shoebox. And yeah, maybe there's something outside the shoebox. But how the fuck are you supposed to figure out the infinity of unknown variables outside of the shoebox from inside the shoebox? Mm. Unless you got get, you'd have to be given the magical key that opened the door. Like, and I haven't got that. Yeah, so yeah. I've and I feel like I've just hit the same point since I was like a 15 since I first heard smashing pumpkins around in a cage yeah yeah that's yeah. literally <laughs> when that thought popped no, in my head I'm just like oh we are like we are the rat that's in the cage but you can't I guess a cage you can see outside of it and you know like okay I'm on the inside there and the outside like we kind of think that's where oh I guess some people think that there this rat in a cage and then there's this thing outside the cage and there may very well be but it's like all you've got to to tell you that is teachings and books and different things that that explains where you go like experientially like i just cannot find any evidence that would even now constitute me studying that further yeah yeah it's like it's not worth the effort of, of going there yeah yeah i'm totally agreed man I, I, I like to you know every now and then i'll tune into like lex Fridman's and yeah you know he'll be talking to nick bostrom or something about the you know that we're x many levels deep within the ai system and like we're actually a simulation things like that and it's like I, it's a cool theory i like it much like the matrix like man what a fantastic movie but yeah. are you really gonna like dive deep into that because it's that's a wormhole man that's that's uh, many thousands of hours right there <laughs> oh yeah and just a place that i guess would offer you no concrete yeah like, yeah there's literally just no proof yep so like where do you go like what's the conversation that you can have yeah for sure depends on your mentality as well i was actually saying to my dad the other day um i really liked um like mathematics physics things like that because there was one answer you yeah. come to it and there was one answer i hated english because it was you know give your interpretation of this and all are valid but no yours isn't as valid as yeah. that girl over there who's like able to express it more eloquently it's like, oh, fuck off for that bullshit because <laughs> you so you did engineering right i did engineering yeah yeah so yeah like high school really good at um, physics maths chemistry things like that like just i take no credit for it just comes ease in me those things um uh yes i did mining engineering um because uh what was it i i I met a graduate one time and he had like this full 3d model of a mine showing it on um just one of these you know desktops and it was like holy fuck that's awesome dove into that went out to the mines for three years from like 2014 to the end of 2016 and it was okay had a cool boss people there were mostly nice in general but man yeah I, I got to that point where it was like, if I am spending all my time, like, what am I actually doing out here? Yeah. Most of the time was 
designing things that were I didn't care about because they were on a weekly plan. So all these designs I would do, they'd be for the week that's coming and then they just, you know, they'd go nowhere. So it was after three years of that, you feel that repetition of like, yeah. you know, at least with podcasting, like I can go back and look at something I did two years ago and I'm like, oh, someone's still watching that. Like, that's cool. Like, it's, uh, you know, only a couple of views and whatnot, but it's like, fuck yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and then, so like I'm spending all that time doing things that don't matter. How much time am I like, you know, 10,000 hours? What am I going to yeah. get really good at? Really good at being quiet in meetings and listening to other people talk about bullshit that's not even related to what we're doing. It's like, oh, I, I don't think I can do this for, for my whole life. You know, kudos to the people who can endure that. But yeah. I, I got to the point where I was like, no, nah, I got I to gotta do something else. The the FIFO thing is kind of gnarly. Like I got friends that yeah. are in it and doing it and then you'll see a bunch of dudes where they'll like go out do fifo they have they're so unhappy working in the mines that when they get like they're killing it making good money then they come home and then they spend that money yeah, because they yeah. need some fun like they need to feel good about what they're doing like i need some nice shit to make all this fucking worth it mm. and then they do that and then they end up just becoming like chained to the things that they're buying and a lot of dudes will get they'll have like a chick or a partner and then they'll the fifo thing will create this distance between them and then the chick fucks off and then you're now you've got money and a chick that can take half of it and like and then dudes end up killing themselves out there it's Mm. it's actually a pretty fucking dark it's a hard life man it's hard life um you know and that's not even some people can do it and be cool yeah and and I, I think like the people who are best suited for it, they actually live out there. They're country folk who yeah. you know, come out to the, like the, they grew up in the town next to it and they go out and they've got a family, they've got connections and things like that. It's the, and it's, it's everything associated with it, man. It's, uh, I personally, for me, didn't find it healthy being surrounded by dudes, you know, like 97% workplace full of dudes for, you know, weeks and weeks on end like that. That wasn't healthy. The, um, I remember when I was doing, so I was doing day shift in an underground mine and the swings would, um, I can't remember exactly what they would be, but there would, there was a couple of periods where it was like a five, four, four, five, 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 something like that. Yeah. And so I would go down before it was, uh, before the sun had risen, come up, uh, after it had sunset, you know, sleep and then do that again. So there, I went without seeing the sun for five days, man, like that, that's not healthy. That's, no. that's not good at all. Um, and then you, yeah, you chuck on all the other things like the, the travel time, the isolation, things like that. It's, um, it's a hard, it's a hard yucker. Uh, but I mean, I guess though, with the way that you did it, you were one of the guys that did it in a smart way. Like you haven't worked for five years now. You yeah. Know? Like yeah. you've been able to just do it to get to a certain lifestyle and then just maintain that lifestyle. And it's given you an insane amount of freedom like i'm jealous of your life at times and i see how many books that you read and i see the things <laughs> yeah, that you yeah, know yeah. i'm like fuck yeah. like he's really got his shit figured out yeah it's um so like first of all like uh, i only did those those real hard ones for um like for vacation work so that was probably about six months total um and then when i actually had like the degree that's where it's you know you got more normal hours i guess you're working monday to friday monday to thursday and I was actually, I had like one of the sweetest gigs, man. I was in Mackay, so it was drive in and drive out. So yeah. it was still a big, you know, big city essentially. And yeah, even that's hard, man. Even that's hard. But 
yeah, for me, like I, I avoided the main trap, which is buying a jet ski, man. Yeah. Anyone who buys a jet ski is like, what <laughs> yeah. are you, what are you doing, dude? Like you're in the middle of Queensland. Like there's no, there's no need for this. Yeah. So that was, that was trap number one. And then yeah, like just save as much money as you can. And that, that's, that's how I view it. People who, who go out there and stay out there and there's plenty of people who are like lifers, man, kudos to them. Uh, but I think the, at least like the generation of people coming through is you know rio tinto is not going to look after you for 20 30 years that doesn't happen anymore you, yeah. you've got to get used to having a new job every three years because that's that's just the way the world is now yeah yeah and then so you when you finished up with the mines you decided to go traveling through latin america yeah yeah so i i came back home for a bit uh had some family issues and then yeah traveled uh, very fortunately mid 2018 to the mid 2019 so yeah yeah man i was lucky uh and yeah that was that was fantastic dude um chile argentina mexico did you get to mexico when you're in the states no. oh man that's a shame because it's a i was i was on the border of mexico a bunch of times but i never ended up going yeah in there. i was always just too scared with my visa to be honest yeah and and being in the north like that that section is yeah it's a little bit a uh, but like the heart of mexico and towards more like cancun and um quintana Roo places like that yeah it's just stunning man absolutely stunning and so what was the attraction to latin america for you <laughs> i read this book called uh, a dead bat in paraguay when i was 16 15 yeah it's by this guy who uh, he was sort of like a pickup artist and he was like yeah i'm gonna like go conquer south america so he starts in venezuela and like makes his way down through colombia bolivia yeah. you know, all those sorts of places and it's just like him getting sick and stomach bugs him struggling with the language like striking out with the chicks getting shit stolen um the the name of the book is one day he wakes up and there's a dead bat on his pillow next to him so he's like hypochondriac freaking out like shit i've got got rabies rabies, now uh and it was just this like book of absolute mess and i went fuck man i really want to do that that sounds cool (laughs) so i had that in my mind for ages um was too scared to actually go like i definitely need to sort out all my other problems first and then yeah just got to yeah like 25 26 and said yeah let's do it gonna gonna go that's so good you know uh we we spoke about on the road um jack yeah yeah jack kerouac yeah so how do you say his last name probably i think it's kerouac yeah so i fucking did not like that book to be honest Mm. uh but the fucking end in mexico was worth the whole read that was the best part of the whole book for me was he gets to mexico and like i fucking absolutely loved the closing chapters of that book and uh that definitely made me want to go do uh, old school mexico that's that's what it's like man there's there's places out there where one of my favorite things that happened to me was i was coming into mexico city and uh, it was from puebla so it wasn't too long a bus ride i was pretty alert and um i was just like staring out the window and there's a, a flatbed truck um guy in a ute driving and then in the back seat like there's this mexican dude shirt off like i can't tell if he's drunk hung over like tired from the Dead. day and he's just like moving around in the back like absolutely oblivious to the world so like whip my phone out take a little video of that and it's just man that that captures like the heart of mexico for me just <laughs> random shit like that and that's like on on like you know a road going 80 k's an hour um you know massive traffic everywhere it's just just mayhem man so how long did you spend over there could you speak spanish at this point or was this uh, I was, the I was reason learning. to learn? yeah, yeah yeah so I, I had like a little bit going in there just just the basics like you know ordering at a restaurant checking into a, a hostels things like that um by the end i was 
conversational. I could could talk for a couple of hours and and, and get by and get by. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So fourteen months in total. Started start off in Chile, went across through to Argentina. I made the mistake of thinking like, oh, it's South America, man. Like it's going to be warm, beaches, things like that. Nah, I, I, I arrived in July, May, May, June, July period. So I was freezing my ass off. Said, fuck this, flew up to Mexico and then like worked my way down from there. So uh, yeah, it was just fantastic, man. Mexico, Colombia, two favorites. Yeah. Um, Colombia for the people, Mexico just for the, the scenery and yeah. like the food and things like that. Just, uh, man, crazy. Man, Mexico is such a, it's such a bummer, dude, that, so I lived probably an hour and 15 minutes from the border. Yeah. When I, like, for the majority of the time that I lived in America. That was in, like, Texas, was it? Or? In, like, in Temecula. Yeah. So, ro- pretty much, like, an hour and 10 from, like, where the border of San Diego yeah. is. And, like, I've even surfed, like, right on the border. And uh, then there's a bunch of towns that... If you go, like, if you're driving from San Diego to Texas on, like, that way and you kind of go along all the border towns, basically all of the towns on this side of the... on the American side of the border are Mexico. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's just all Mexican towns. And we used to go all the time to... There'd be shoots down there. There was a bunch of motocross tracks. And, like, Jeremy McGrath is, like, the most... Like, he's the king of Supercross. He's got a ranch where you can literally see Mexico. Yeah, so, yeah. we spent a lot of time around there. And, fuck, they're just phenomenal people. Yeah, like, yeah. such, such nice people. The language is epic. The culture is epic. But, yeah, like, they've been... It's so funny the way that tiny things in history can just completely fuck, like, a culture or, like, or that place, you know? It's just, like, one tiny line one drug policy mm. you know like if if there was no war on drugs and and cocaine wasn't a controlled substance like that whole tj era like there's no problems there. yeah like yeah. there's no violence there's no there's no cartel like there's so many things that are outside of i guess the people's control of that area that have just led to it being essentially like a fucking war zone that people just live in yeah and and that shit just it like it's it's not going away as well like that is going to hang on for ages and ages um when i went to medellin so like medellin used to be the the murder capital of the world there's like pablo escobar time yeah and man what a fucking fantastic phenomenal just beautiful like eternal spring you're in like this sort of crater of a um like just mountain ranges all around so so look it up rains what's it called uh medellin so m-e-d-e-l-l-i-n and this is just like um yeah you'll find it find it through that um and so just just stunning man and and you're like the obviously like the the climate is the is the best bit of it it's just the eternal spring man it's that perfect you know 25 26 degrees all the time and um but and and so like they've recovered for sure but you know that how much has that still had a, a problem like they're still you know n- not favelas they have different names for it um in um in these places but yeah just like you can see the the damage that's still being done from yeah like that drug policy that just yeah. is like so dumb like <laughs> did you did you do any like ayahuasca or any anything like that down there not uh not in no definitely not ayahuasca those people who do that uh they're a they're a different breed like yeah. that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's intense uh in between 
um, Puerto Escondido and Oaxaca in Mexico. Yeah. If you go off like a little bit to the side, there's this place called San Jose del Pacifico. And I heard about this, you know, like thousands of Ks, well, maybe not thousands, hundreds of Ks away uh, when I first arrived in Mexico. And people are telling me like, it's like the mushroom mountain, essentially oh, what they call really? it. And so you can go there and they're telling me all these things. Like you can see you're high up in the mountains. You can actually see like the thunderstorm, like where lightning comes from. And you can see it like going down. And I was like, ah, it's probably bullshit, but it sounds like a cool place. Yeah. Uh, so I went there um, first time and yeah, like you check into the hostel, one of the hostels there, um, La Cumbre. And it's just this, it's, it's a true like, you know, mishap to go down to like the toilet that's down a bunch of steps. You actually have to like go up, like one of those MC Escher things where yeah. it's, you continually yeah, walking yeah. up. Yeah. Sort of like that, man, no, no guardrails. Like if you're, if you're silly, you're going to hurt yourself. Uh, you get into the hostel and they're like checking you in. Yeah, your room's over here. Uh, okay, like if and when you're interested, like uh, mushrooms cost this much. And so like you buy it directly from like the receptionist. Wow. Um, and yeah, just, yeah, uh, they, it's like just growing around in the mountain, man. So they obviously go out and bring it for tourists. And it's, uh, I, I don't know, I actually don't know how much mushrooms cost in Australia, but there it was, I think the equivalent of like $10, something like that for a, for like the an experience however a dose yeah yeah um, and yeah just uh, man what a fantastic place and and yeah. yeah man like i went there had had like a little bit of fun tried it out it was like oh, okay that was cool went on my way and then i met other people going the opposite way and they dragged me back and yeah just had like the full-blown experience really? of, of seeing yeah like the the thunderstorm right up there in front of you just no shit down. so the, the the first time you did mushroom was that the first time you'd ever done uh, mushrooms? no I, I experimented before but that was the first time like i had a real f- full experience of yeah, it okay. yeah how, how would you describe it like full hallucinate like, uh, like for me it was and- it wasn't so much the body experience it was more the visual um so yeah just weird stuff where it'd be you know looking out onto this uh epic scenery if you look up um la cumbre it's that would be how do you spell it uh la uh, space c-u-m-b-r-e um and then uh san jose uh del pacifico yeah yeah that's the one yeah images fuck yeah that's the, so nice. that that fourth one is is pretty good view of, of oh, what you're seeing wow. yeah it's just deep onto there so like if you when you're there it's like the the thunderstorm will like come right up in that you know eye level to you and you just see lightning being started and coming down man it's just <laughs> fuck. amazing uh, yeah, so so go in there, and then if you go onto like one of these other ones over here, um, it'll it'll show you like just just complete mayhem, man. Like getting up everywhere, there's little steps and shit. Like you imagine just like a bunch of you know whacked out tourists on there, um, and that's actually looking pretty good. Most of the time, they didn't have guardrails when I was there. Yeah, right, uh, dude. Like that one you're on now, Ronan. Go go to the right. Go to the right. That is wild, dude yeah yeah crazy stuff man um so that that place like yeah i could only recommend that to everyone while traveling through just going like if you get the chance if you're near um puerto escondido or oaxaca like it's worth worth that extra couple hours trip to to go see that that's incredible dude and so you you leave and then you meet some people yeah and they're like what the fuck are you doing yeah 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 yeah, exactly exactly it was just just like yeah classic one of those like we're all out drinking somewhere and i'm like all right fuck it i'll come with you yeah you know new round of drinks (laughs) that's so sick so 
do you would you say that you were that kind of way before no, you did the travel no, no, no. so that was like a big reason for you to like really get outside your comfort zone and be more like spontaneous and i think the place will drag it out of you yeah. as well so when i was in mexico man like every other traveler i wouldn't say any of them were normal like all mm. of them had like a little bit of something in them a little bit of a wild streak because i just don't think if you're like you know let's just say basic bitch yeah you don't you're not going to be traveling through like the heart of mexico or, by yourself yeah it's like it's it's really not that dangerous but you, you know there's still an element of that there where it you know bad things could happen uh, like i ended up in like a jail cell in, in uh, cancun Fuck, and i really? got yeah i got roofied there with some friends no so, way yeah just just uh you know made the biggest mistake which is don't accept a you drink, know unopened yeah, drinks yeah. when you're out in that environment like if you're down by the beach and it's like a casual afternoon yeah shit, yeah like you don't need to follow that rule but yeah it was just like open bar in one of the clubs um and i remember you know the whole night up into one point which was like um, some friends visited me and so yeah um uh, you know we're you know doing limbo under like inflated balloons drinking contests things like that and then up to like one point my, my night stops and then it's just a couple of like a couple of second flashes me walking out onto the street like on my own me sitting down somewhere with like hands in my head just going like oh fuck like i'm not not feeling great me in the back of a, a backseat of a car two fuck off big mexicans next to me going through my pockets wow. and then uh wake up and it's probably about the size of this room like just a, a little bench on either side and there's like me and 13 other mexican guys <laughs> and just going like wow that took a pretty <laughs> extreme turn <laughs> dude that's yeah. gnarly man i fucking got roofied in uh what would the i guess the city would oh, like santa monica essentially yeah okay and like we're i was over there it was just when i was living there we went out it was like a thursday night i went out <laughs> for fuck? dinner with my housemate his sister and a couple of her friends yeah and um we were, we went for dinner and then we're like fuck we'll get some drinks so we went across the road to just like a little dive bar kind of deal and we all were just like sitting around and had there was just like 20 drinks yeah, on the yeah, table yeah. you know and i was like oh fuck i don't know which one's mine so i just started drinking this drink literally exactly the fucking same Holy i didn't shit, end man. up in jail in mexico yeah. but i walked out i remember walking out of this place by myself sat in the fucking gutter <laughs> threw up everywhere and then just like couldn't walk man mm. like i legit mm. i sat down threw up and then couldn't get up up. that was my night done man and then i the guys come out and they like tried picking me up and then they tried putting me in an uber and then like the uber wouldn't take me because i was too fucked up he's, yeah he's like oh dude he's too fucked up and my buddy nick's like man there's something wrong with him like we only just got here like something's happened to him you know you gotta yeah. let us take him to the hospital or whatever and then i was like don't take me to the hospital i don't have insurance so they just fucking ended up getting someone to come and get me and i ended up staying at these random people's house that were like close to where we were at yeah and yeah do you think it was like one of the group nah i reckon there was just some sketchy old cunt that was because we were with like four or five girls yeah yeah and i think it's just some sketchy old cunt trying to fucking drug drug a chick but dude i i could not imagine being a chick and going through that and like mm, man mm. and that's what you hear about like bill cosby and all those things and it's like i feel like if you don't have a point of reference yourself for just how powerless and fucked up you could be or something like that it is really hard to appreciate yeah yeah what it would be like as a girl 
to have that happen to you yeah like and oh, then to be like sexually assaulted you would be completely powerless yeah, yeah nothing you could do man like yeah there was that that whole time period from let's just say like 1 a.m through to 9 a.m where like anything could have happened to me there was there was no fighting back on on my part for sure and so what happened like why did you end up in jail did, um, you, end up fi- did you end up like tracing it back yeah yeah so like at that point my spanish was semi-okay um and so like what happens is you're in there and like i'm chatting with a couple of the other mexican guys um most of them are like you know some of them have like blood on their faces like bruised knuckles and stuff i was like oh geez whatever what have i got myself into here um there was actually another american guy there who i spoke to for a couple of minutes and then like he got moved somewhere else and eventually like the the guard comes right and like so you're sort of seeing just outside into like a little mini courtyard yeah um and the, the guard comes along and he's like oh yeah um like come with me he doesn't speak any english go inside and it's a like the detective i guess maybe yeah. one or two levels up i'm not sure and he sort of has broken english and i'm like so what am i actually in here for and he pulls out and like legit man i've seen children's scrapbooks which are more you know in a more pristine quality and it's held together with string and shit like that and you know barely laminated shitty english is like goes to number 32 and it's like if you were uh sleeping in the street uh, you'd be detained or something uh, and i'm just like man this, this is so fucking bullshit um so i ask him like okay so what what happens now he's like all right well you either pay which was uh it was the equivalent i think of about 230 dollars or something um or you stay in the cell for 48 hours so like no fuck it i'm going back in uh so i went back in slept for a bit and then i was like okay i can't actually spend 48 hours here my friends are only here for two weeks yeah so i uh, went back in and i you know like tried like calling them i didn't have their numbers they had new numbers i didn't have facebook so i couldn't like connect with them on there um yeah, ended up like just rifling off like a couple of random things to other travelers i'd met being like hey if you have facebook like can you contact this guy's name <laughs> yeah uh and uh yeah when i went back in i was going to try again and be like oh i just want to try and like call my friend again i think i remembered his email or something and then he's like uh, he thought it was like i was coming back in to negotiate so it's like how much can you pay it's like oh okay cool it's a negotiation yeah, yeah, yeah. so i got it down to like half which is you know 100 but like honestly man I, I had the money it wasn't it wasn't that it was more the the principle, spirit of yeah, it the yeah. principle and so what they do is um they keep your id and they give you one of your like debit cards or whatever you go out like they let you out of the yeah, jail yeah, yeah. you go to the nearest atm get out some money bring it back pay them they give you all your stuff um like phone's gone money out of the 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 wallet is gone and shit like that and then you get you know your id and whatnot and then you're off your on your merry way again um that that was the only bad part of mexico really the the corruption the police corruption there is pretty pretty bad yeah yeah it's literally like that's the only way that they yeah 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 It's, it's, it's it's not it's not that it's bad people who are going into the police i think it's more you know it's the the system they have is just yeah, corrupting yeah. like it's because yeah. the people there are you know you know the fishermen and all the other sort of people they're totally cool they're fine but yeah there's just that that money that that drug money the illegalness of it and yeah you know maybe a little bit of like the the latin spirit which is a bit more feisty a little bit more emotional plays a part in that but yeah it's it's a shame man because what a country man yeah yeah it was just one of those things where i was scared to go in and then try and come back into america 
on like my same visa yeah, i just did because yeah. i was on a working visa and it, like i always had shit on i was like i just cannot risk it by going there and getting fucked around yeah so it was some yeah it was just a place i never got to go to and when you came back you didn't think of like going there first or something and then what's that so like you when you came back from the states oh so did you like finish up there definitively or nah so yeah. i just literally got like they just like no you can't come in ah gotcha, yeah, gotcha, there was, yeah so i'd had it's like a long story but i had some health problems and then i left i had to leave the country when i was applying for a new visa which you can't yeah, do and yeah. then i tried to get and i said well, like i was sick i didn't have any other choice and it just turned into a whole thing i literally haven't been back yeah, since so bureaucratic bullshit yeah right? it wasn't wasn't even like a, a planned thing but yeah, yeah gotcha. i always fucking always wanted to go because and just the mexican people are so nice like we'd you were so thick in mexican culture in southern california yeah you would have got a lot every of that. waitress mm. every bus boy like everywhere that you went was filled with mexican workers mexican family mexican people yeah yeah for sure so it's a pretty sick place yeah yeah stunning man what, what was your favorite part of of your whole u.s adventure mm. fuck i didn't even know man like it it's funny that it's just one of like those things where i sort of said before of i just spent the whole time thinking and you know like i don't know that i was present for too much of it yeah unfortunately so i kind of look back at it a little bit obviously like that i couldn't have they couldn't have done it any differently like if i went and relive that experience now it'd be different but yeah i don't i don't think i enjoyed it enough to be honest i think i was just so wrapped up in my own shit of what i was trying to do and what i was there for and you know it's not until it got taken away and then i came home that i actually think i did finally get a little bit grounded and get on top of it to where i think that i could go and enjoy that shit so much more now yeah yeah and sometimes like that's that's necessary as well like i'm just thinking you know if i was at the mines and super present and and really meditating like would that have been good for me because i probably would have quit earlier because i would have gone like what the fuck is this bullshit but then not be in a nice position now to have like set myself up with money to be able to sort of you know do my own thing do the podcast and and not not need to work nine to five so things like that say um i read uh lao tzu's the Tao Te ching recently as well oh yeah i read that five years ago when i was at the mines yeah i gave it like i don't know two out of ten was like man this book's so useless there's like nothing practical to take away from it barely understood it like seems so stupid and then i read it now it's like oh okay like i get it now i get what it's talking about this you know there's no need for rush there's sort of living in paradox like the you know the man who the man who does nothing leaves nothing undone that that's sort of like being able to understand if you if you're striving too hard for something like if you really want fame the best way about it getting that is not to try and be famous is to like do other things and then maybe fame will come along with that like you know things like that so yeah it's it's funny like you can go back to things like that and be like oh okay you know i was just in a different state there yeah it's cool if i didn't appreciate it then because I, I wouldn't have been able to like it was it was too much so probably the same with the, you know your america thing if you yeah if you try and appreciate it you spend like all this time trying to appreciate something that you, you're just not in the mind state for yeah yeah I, and i think um i definitely had some like amazing experiences though that i think of just like added to 
I guess perspective. Like I've been to so many places. Yeah, like shit, yeah. It's that. That's probably one of the things. Like I've seen the Northern Lights. I've been to. I've seen the Northern Lights in multiple countries, and I've like been to the North Pole. Like I've done all this fucking crazy shit, and I there that was punctuated with like some really crazy times of being like super present. Like I almost fell out of a helicopter in fucking shit, yeah. in Alaska. And that was like a. That was an epic experience, to be honest. Like, I'm imagining like uh, Mission Impossible, one arm hanging on. Literally, dude. Know? Literally. <laughs> like I was flying, we were filming over a glacier and I had like this super expensive, like the camera I was holding was worth about $50,000. Holy shit. And like I was strapped in, I had like a harness on and a vest and I'm like clipped into this helicopter and then I'm standing both feet on the skids and just like leaning out, and, you know, like shit like that. Yeah. And uh but it turns out I wasn't actually clipped on. Like the dude didn't clip my carabiner on properly. And then I, we started banking over this glacier and it was at the same time, one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I was so taken back by it. Mm. And then I started leaning forwards and I could feel that. And I just got scared and I grabbed the thing and, uh, and I looked back and my fucking thing was like flapping (laughs) in the wind and it was like minus 30 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and like you're in a helicopter. It was, free it, it was the most cold i've ever been in my life and then i was dripping in sweat yeah yeah like i had to, like the I had to take my goggles yeah. off and I, I like threw my goggles in the back seat to like the producer in the back and then i like threw the camera inside and then i sat inside and i just had like a fucking freak out like oh I'm shit yeah legit almost just fell into into a glacier but yeah so like there was some crazy experiences that i had there and um going through europe was amazing like i think the the biggest thing was like the perspective of time because that i didn't appreciate how oh, old like yeah like how were. how yeah. how old 500 years actually is yeah or that you walk through rome and it's like wow they are stones that are still on the road that were put there three thousand years ago two thousand yeah. years ago and they're still fucking there or that you go like in um we went to scotland and we drove all the way to pretty much the end of the road in scotland and then we just stood and looked at the ocean and this mountain and was just like holy fuck the world's old (laughs) (laughs) so i think those kind of things i think now even though i think there's definitely times where like i was real forced to be really present but I'd say for the most part that entire experience I was just in my own head fucking it's it's hard to appreciate man like I was I was in that mood and I was I was still trying like holy like holy shit I'm in Mexico holy shit I'm in Chile and but you know it's like most things you get used to it after a while you start eating the food you're like oh man like that waiter didn't bring my food like really quickly or it's a little bit cold yeah it's like you know it's something you'll never eat again and you're still just thinking like ah shit that could have been better the food is something as well that i think um gives you like a really good perspective and appreciation because i come from like my family is like my dad eats fucking potatoes steak broccoli yeah that's fucking pretty much his like that's his healthy food you know so to go to all these places all over the world and eat the most random shit and i just for whatever reason i made a point to eat all the food yeah I, I tried i tried pretty hard to at least i like, do a bit of research and be like okay what's this you know native dish here or what's yeah. something unique oh they've got purple corn here all right i'll try i don't even like corn but fuck it if it's purple i'm gonna eat it <laughs> what, what was like the weirdest uh the weirdest was uh, like i'm not i'm not too extreme in terms of those probably crickets in mexico yeah. like they just got like you know big yeah, big vats of it and, and it's yeah. 
it's all right it's sort of like crunchy and a little bit spicy but yeah nothing nothing too bad um like guinea pig i guess in in um peru that's, yeah, that's sort right. of their thing yeah really so, yeah 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 so they'll they'll have like um they call it koi and it's um it depends which one you can get there's one where it's like the guinea pig just as if it's like curled up on its side and they've roasted it and then one where they'll sort of like split it down the middle so it's almost like imagine like a bat oh yeah 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 um tastes like chicken man it's, you know what, what more to say <laughs> yeah we uh we ate we went to this one restaurant you know that um movie um oh fuck ex machina what's it called the deus ex machina. uh no fucking oh my god why am i spacing on the movie um ex machina or something like that ex machina you know the movie where he falls in love with the AI thing? Yeah, that's x Machina. Is that yeah, x yeah. yeah, so we went to that hotel. Like, you oh, know where that okay. movie I thought was you were going to explain food, and I'm like, man, I don't think there was any interesting nah. food in that. <laughs> so, no, we stayed at that okay, hotel. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah so Wait, we, where's that in, like, in Norway. Scandinavia? It's called yeah. Juvet. Type in, uh, type in J-U-V-E-T hotel. It's fucking... This was a crazy experience. But look at this place. Go to Images so yeah. <laughs> yeah so we stayed here and there was just it was just us like we had i think like five of us as two models um jay and patty and then the photographer garth milan so we each had one of these places there was like i think there's four or five of them on the property um but they actually cook you um you're completely remote like this is like two three hours drive from yeah, the, yeah. from the airport and um and yeah they every night they cook traditional shit that's caught within like the animal had to have been caught locally yeah, essentially yeah, so like yeah. one night we had like caribou the other night we had reindeer and then another night we had whale so Jeez. they like literally <laughs> got this fucking whale and they cut it up like uh like um oh, what's the like uh, prosciutto sashimi or something like, prosci- or like really thin, yeah, yeah yeah like prosciutto so you've got think of whale you're like i'm gonna eat this big fucking steak mm. you know but yeah they just like thinly sliced this and we ate ate it raw like a sashimi type yeah thing. yeah but yeah like uh and then in alaska we had like caribou sausage with this like um caribou cheese like they milked the fucking milked the animal and then they put this like feta cheese style thing in the middle of it so yeah that yeah. i think that was another real cool part about my experience of living away was just getting to try so many different foods because i feel like that gives you a perspective of how relative normal is yeah, yeah it's exactly. so yeah. easy to get trapped in your own normal of like what's acceptable what's unacceptable and i think that that i guess is just like a good um i guess it's just like an analogy for for everything like your normal is so not normal yeah for it's sure. so object or so subjective to your own experience and i think that you know that you can have again like a weird aversion to eating a cricket and it can be cause like this internal turmoil or like a guinea pig or whatever i would have definitely eaten dog in vietnam like 100 percent. and you know you think about that and you're like whoa it creates all of these fucking feelings but they're so so subjective other people millions of people in fact will eat that without even blinking an eye yeah with yeah zero consideration at all and i think that that's super like that's a really great perspective to achieve i think yeah for sure and and then there's all the other just cultural norms of being like you know what's what's acceptable in one place is utterly unacceptable Mm. um so i'm I'm learning german at the moment and 
just listening to some German podcasts and stuff. And one thing I'm really like getting excited about when and if I go to Germany is th- they're very punctual with their time. Like yeah. if you go 5.15, like you better be there because it's, you know, if you're late and you don't tell me, you're wasting my time. Yeah. You know, you're not respecting me and things like that. Argentina, man, it's like two and a half hours later yeah. and you're yeah. still wondering what's going on. It's like, oh, well, that's your fault. You know, I said 5.30, that actually manana, means... Manana, yeah, manana, yeah, manana. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, depends on which culture you're in that things like that can make a big difference as well. Yeah, yeah. How, how many languages do you know now? And what's the, what's the fascination with language? Um, so, so Spanish is pretty good. Like I'd say conversational. It's, it's to the point where, so um, my like co-host uh, Juan, he's Colombian. Yeah. So he, he's a native speaker. Like he learned it yeah. until nine. So yeah. he's better than me in, in terms of just fluid, fluidity coming out of the mouth. But I, I know like so much more than him of yeah, like word. Like I know yeah. how to say tree stump and he won't know how yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in that I'm conversational. I can have a conversation, but it's just not like you, you can see it. And, you can see my brain yeah. clicking over where I'm still thinking of like, oh yeah, I'd have to like, you know, conjugate the verb like this. Yeah. Uh, so that one pretty good. Um, yeah. Like other than that German, I'm very basic level A1 or whatever. Um, and just a fascination man um it's, it's just you can become like a different person in sorts so i would totally agree with that so for me you know some people say like um and and this is the same with the social media i always found it easier um not that i'm well versed in it because I, I only really started using it a couple of years ago but uh i, I find it easier to create like a different persona in in, in essence so yeah. when i'm spanish like i use my middle name michael just because it's way easier than Kyron. they can't really produce that yeah, and, like yeah. pronounce it so when Michael's speaking, like, yeah, he's more willing to go to Mexico and do like crazier shit. Like he's more yeah. willing to be like, I don't know, do like a shoey in a random place, like in the middle of like Lucha Libre and things like that. So uh, having that like allows me to be a bit of a different person. It's nice, man. It's nice being able to, you know, almost get out of Chiron world, go into Michael world for a bit. Um, with uh, German, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the same, like I should probably create like another little name for myself. So I've got like two options. Uh, my mom used to call me Kaiser as a kid, which in German, that, yeah, that, that, that translates as like, you know, emperor. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. But um, my last name's Down. So I was sort of thinking like, oh man, if it's Hans, Hans Down, he's in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got to decide between those two. But yeah, it's um, the more the more I spend on languages, like the more I can um, just see my own thoughts. And it, yeah, it's sort of like the book stuff, man. It just gives me an ability to think in such a different way that it's, yeah. it's, it's addicting, man. It's- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause man, the, the language thing is very interesting. Like I've, uh, I got a, a close friend, um, and she's Russian and, uh, she speaks Russian, uh, Chinese, Ukrainian. Damn, I get, that's like, like all the hard stuff as the, well. <laughs> the Chinglish, you know, like the Chinese English, like the, uh, warehouse kind of, uh, yeah. Like sort of pigeon talk. Yeah. Though, yeah. yeah. She speaks that. Um, and then obviously Russian, and uh it's funny so like she'll we had this conversation where i was like wait wait, wait, wait hang on do you, what do you think in mm. and then she was like oh i think in english she's like i've actually only just started she's like i actually just switched yeah yeah she's like i switched yeah. from thinking in russian to thinking in english and she's like i've never thought in chinese but she's fluent in in all of the like and in english completely fluent yeah and uh 
And I just found that to be the most fascinating thing anyone had ever said to me. Yeah, crazy. Is eh? that she switched from thinking in Russian to thinking in English. And and she, like, probably didn't even realize it. Nah, nah. And then, I mean, it's sort of in line with, I guess, what we were speaking about before, but it's like, holy fuck, like, there's a weird thing that's going on to we're talking to ourselves in in our head. Like, that's who, that's, that is what the self is, is like that voice. And here's a chick that was Russian and now she's in English. And it's like, and t- to hear you say that it's almost like a different self is, uh, you know, like you change, you probably feel different about Michael. Like it sounds yeah, weird yeah. to even say it. It's like, yeah. oh, Michael kind of is like this, yeah, you yeah. know? And uh, and then, yeah, here's her where she's just like made this decision where she's like, oh, well, I, I kind of, I'm not going to think in Russian anymore. And, and there's a lot of words where... Um, like it, it, it even sim like it seems silly but like oppa like we don't you don't have a word for that but mm. you know she'll like see something happen someone will drop something and she'll be like oppa and it's like that's just a feeling it's just like that's a sound that as comes out of her mouth to explain like whatever's actually currently happening in in reality right now you know and it's like in English you couldn't translate that word but what you have to do is try and explain the feeling that you get that would evoke the use of that word yeah did she learn them while she was young like yeah, yeah. so she learned um she taught herself english by just watching english movies with yeah. subtitles yeah yeah my friend juan he just used to read the dictionary he came to australia couldn't speak anything he was in sydney and was like all right I, I got like i'm in high school like primary school now i can't speak with all these people so he, you know he was young so he's picking it up pretty quick but like he just remembers sitting there reading a dictionary which is like that's pretty hardcore <laughs> have you done that with like spanish or german or anything like that uh, uh not not to that extent i i did get a couple of books of like um gabriel garcia marquez who's like this famous colombian author i got one of his books in spanish and then just sat there and was like i'm gonna understand every single word of this book and i ended up you know filling up one of my own like little worksheets with hundreds yeah. and hundreds of words of just random shit i'm never probably going to use but you know it's still fun just doing that so yeah. i'm a little bit weird in that sense where i'll i'll learn shit that doesn't yeah like i don't need to just, i, just I to be able to. feel like that's a good idea though because you like i mean for me i've used the analogy before with jujitsu like the, if you would follow like the standard way of learning jujitsu it's like okay there's all this shit that you don't need to know right now mm. just you got to learn this and I was always like, no, nah, I feel like I wanted to, I wanted to understand jujitsu as a language. Like I wanted to be able to be able to have a conversation in this language. So to me, I was like, I feel like I need to understand at least what those things are. Even if I don't understand like the meta within those things or yeah. the meanings or the, the appropriate use in every situation, but just to like have a a pretty overall picture of the landscape even though it's not like a high fidelity picture i feel like that would serve me well in the long term i think that's the best as well because you you're going to be excited to do that like you'll spend the extra 35 minutes trying to figure out i I don't know jujitsu that much but of like why you would put your hand in this particular position instead of this yeah and that's that's good man like the more time you spend on it even though it might seem a little bit you know useless in a sense it's good man like that that's it's got a long tail i think yeah 
it's got like it catches up eventually yeah like, exactly you don't really exactly. see it in the moment yeah but well, then over time you're like oh and, okay. and a couple months later connect. yeah yeah or like the circle connects and you're like oh okay i have this bit now like i can i can see why that is useful for that yeah for sure. yeah what when do you feel like or how long do you feel like you have to spend on a language to have some kind of breakthrough to where like you could put a movie on and understand like a couple sentences or something mm, i mean it's yeah one of those ones that like cop out it's just different for everyone uh, for me though i can just say i had to spend probably uh, let's just say like 200 300 hours just learning rote stuff that's yeah. my brain's really good for that so if i write it down like that's how i took all my uni notes for exams and stuff like i'd write i'd write it down and then it's like it's, it's, it's in there. my brain I'm, I'm gonna mostly remember that so for me that was really useful um i would, I would still say like probably time wise it's probably the same for a lot of people and it's just like the tail ends of some people pick it up real quick some people would have to spend double or triple but yeah a couple of hundred hours you'll you'll be able to yeah if, if someone's speaking slow to you and clearly yeah. you'll get it if, the, if it's in a movie or music like if i listen to I, I still listen to like jay balvin and people like that and it's i have no idea what they're saying it's it's too too quick too rapid too much other shit in the background it's yeah yeah that, and that's the most depressing thing man you'll you'll think you're good at it and then yeah, you go somewhere yeah. and you speak to someone who's a native and you're like i didn't understand I a fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> that's so good wait i'm just gonna piss real quick no worries man i've been trying to stay hydrated that's like my yeah i suck at it as well man. Of my existence is drinking enough water yeah it's the worst when you've got a job that requires you not to piss <laughs> yeah that doesn't <laughs> for an extended period help. of time yeah and you're just like you just go i'll drink water later i'll drink water later and then you get up you go get to the night time you're like i've drunk fuck all water and then you're trying to cram it before you go to bed and you're just like yeah yeah go to bed bloated have to get up in the have middle to get of up night. and piss it's just it's just an inconvenience that i think we've just got to deal with for sure i was actually thinking so one of the things from that little meditation retreat um you mentioned this right at the start was like know in that movie sort of mindset yeah so one of the things so i, I did my sort of six days um did did my six days and then on the seventh i was still like oh i, I want to go a full week just without speaking and then i'll speak for the first time on the podcast with one like that'd, yeah, be, that'd yeah. be kind of funny so i had that sort of half day where i came back and then was just doing my own thing once again i was like mostly just recording uh recording uh, not recording stuff editing some videos and then uh, went out to the park for a workout and there was a guy there who i sort of semi-knew i was just like oh just wave at him like i can't i can't speak with him yeah and the funniest thing that was you know how people say oh live like as live life as if you're in your own movie yeah, you know, yeah. as if you're the hero of your own movie yeah that's sort of what it felt like man there was this point where i'm like oh man what's kyron gonna do in this situation you know he can't speak to this guy like mm. how's he gonna behave so that was one of, that was probably the main thing i took from it which was man i'd really like to try maybe maybe even longer going like two weeks without speaking yeah and just seeing and just live a normal life yeah like not necessarily yeah do exactly like a retreat. Yeah. yeah and just seeing what that's like you know just tell people tell my family like hey mum, dad brother i'm not going to be able to chat for a while like I'm, what about I'm, I'm, texting uh yeah communicating like i i think i'd allow myself that it depends like because you'd still probably want to be able to communicate in some sort of way yeah. and you can sort of like you know point at things Gesture. and you know yeah. if you you know do the love heart symbol if you want to say like i like that yeah. or whatever yeah so it depends what you'd be doing it for i'd probably just be doing it for fun but 
you know, I'm I'm kind of weird anyway, so people wouldn't wouldn't be too surprised if they're like, oh yeah, Kyron's not speaking for like the next month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's just doing his thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm reading uh, a book at the moment on Genghis Khan and the the yeah. Mongols. I think it's called Making of the Modern World. Can you? Oh, I, I was going to ask you what what's your um just, sort of current leading? Do you read multiple books at the same time, or do you have like a backlog, or what's your, what's your um your, I, your reading structure i have a fucking problem is what i have um hang on i just want to find the name of this book for you because a bunch of people have asked me about it fuck it's called get i'm pretty sure it's just called genghis khan making of the modern world dude how many photos do like end up on your phone i don't know if it's just me, but <laughs> fuck. yeah anyway genghis khan making of the the modern world but um it, just to go back to the point he talks about uh he he gets a, he's 60 years old and he's got these four sons that he's essentially gonna have to like divide up the mongolian empire and he basically spent i don't know have you spent much time reading about genghis khan i know bits and pieces but not not as much okay. as you so, get from that book. uh so he basically spent his entire life like fighting conquer 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 like it, it was this constant motion going, that, that yeah. he was in and he had these sons and the sons ended up in middle age and then as he he was one of the rare historical like great emperor kind of leaders that didn't really think of himself as invincible so he like really started to kind of put this strategy into place to keep the dynasty yeah okay. alive yeah. he wasn't one of those guys that kind of all for me sort all of like for me mortality yeah. like he was really trying to set up and he realized that he'd gone kind of his his sons had all got into middle age and were fucking useless essentially yeah okay. so he, he was like trying to catch him up and partnering him up on different battles and then they were fighting over which brother would get which part of the empire and blah 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 but he says in him uh he says to the to the boys in like this this meeting that he called with the family where he was like he said you're all talking too much you talk with actions yeah don't nice, talk nice. with yeah. words He's like, that's what I've done my entire life and look at the Mongolian Empire. So apparently he was famous for not talking. Nice, and he'd go, nice. um, he'd actually go and meditate for three these three-day periods before every war, before everything that he did, he'd go up onto this mountain. It was pretty much where he was, where he was born. He was born where these three rivers come together and then there's this big mountain. And in Mongolian culture, they worship the eternal sky. So there was no God, there was no, there mm. was just the sky. And, uh, and he'd do these like three day retreats and yeah, same thing, silent retreat. And then he said to his boys, like, just talk a lot less. And that's something that it's funny. Like that's probably my worst thing in life is I just talk too much. You know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So like to me, uh, the val the value in it, but it's again, it's just that you live in paradox. I literally make a living by fucking talking. Yeah, to exactly, people, exactly. But it's the thing that I'd probably want to change the most about myself is the ability to like not feel compelled to speak. You know? Yeah, that's 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 real interesting. My all my favorite like um, I guess you'd call them role models. They're all people who spend less time talking and more doing. And yeah, yeah like George Orwell, for example, like every book he wrote has this whole story of how. He was, you know, like um, homage to Catalonia was when he was literally fighting in the Spanish Civil War, got shot through the neck. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, this this dude put it all in the line. Like he's, he does things and then maybe he'll talk about it afterwards. But yeah. yeah. Or he'll write it in a book that will literally live forever and he doesn't even have to. Yeah, do exactly. Talking, yeah. yeah. Um, my, my reading. So I wanted to ask you about yours as well. 
but my I up until so I've always read my whole life so it was something that I could read really young it was always something that become, was very easy so I yep. feel very blessed what, what sort of books like the the classic um, I read, Del Toro Quest or I read every single Goosebumps book yeah, that nice, was nice. ever produced I I was so lucky that my nana gave me Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone yep. pretty much the week it came out she was my nana was just like super into books my granddad who so that my mum's mum my mum's dad who i didn't like at all like really 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 didn't like my whole life he read constantly that's all i ever knew was him either reading or fixing motorbikes which is kind of funny yeah <laughs> um, but yeah so that it was always around and my nana was always just like really invested in like me reading and um she just had her ear to the ground she gave me um I read, I read The Hobbit in grade three. That Damn. was another book that like really fucking got me like hooked on reading, and yeah. no other kid was reading at that point. No, that's a that's a pretty heavy book for. A, I fucking love yeah. that book, dude. I might have been grade four, but yeah, I was still uh, in primary. Being school. that age, yeah, yeah, like I was still really young. That'd be a lot of words you wouldn't understand. Oh man, there was. So, <laughs> I, I read it like I've read it multiple times, and I remember reading it, being like, "Fuck!" I had literally no idea what was going yeah. on. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so then I read like Goosebumps, and then I would read. Um, um, fucking uh what was the what was the one it was like a dope sci-fi sort of series where like they had like the hosts and they had like the little leeches and then they and then the the heroes turned into fucking animals what were those oh, animorphs animorphs yeah. yeah like i read every single one of those nice nice so but then uh and i i loved biography so i read i remember reading like richard branson's biography when i was young roald dahl's biography i read a bunch of biographies and then when i left school and whatever i'd maybe read like five or six books a year so it was always something i did mm. probably above av- like the average i think the average person reads 1.5 books a year yeah okay. is that right can you google that what what does the average person read in a year never even thought about that yeah that, i yeah. like metrics I yeah I, no I, I do as well uh, just that that's never popped up for me yeah i used to think about that a lot when whatever it's a fucking weird weird thing but whatever the uh if I was flying a lot, I think. What is the average person? Ah, uh, yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. a weird fucking thing. Oh, the, the average book reads twelve a year. Average tw- person reads twelve uh, in the US. That is completely untrue. Would yeah, you? That, that, would that, you that, say that, that seems legit? That sounds a bit much. How many um, people do you know that would read twelve books a year? Yeah, it I don't know. It wouldn't be that many. I don't know yeah. many people. That's fucking crazy. Um, but yeah. So anyway, but when I um when i i'd say maybe when i got home from america like just my life changed so much that um i just started reading a bunch again and then i i i've always struggled with sleep so i would read like a a book at night to go to sleep essentially and then i've i went for probably um this is actually before i moved back and then uh, i'd read to go to sleep and then i got back to australia and i was like oh, i'm not really reading enough i had more time i i was do- i started the podcast and i did it full time from the jump essentially which meant i had nothing to fucking do um and then i'd started reading in the mornings and i started trying to see the value of routine a little bit more because i'd been very undisciplined my whole life and i thought 
I looked very negatively on discipline. I thought discipline was the exact opposite to freedom. Yeah. But now I actually think that discipline gives equals you freedom. freedom. Yeah, like yeah, Jocko. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that actually, that whole concept really makes sense now. Um, but yeah, so then anyway, probably since about 2017 or 18, I just read every single morning. I get up, I do the exact, I've tried to ritualize my morning. Yeah. And I'm in the process of trying to ritualize my night, which is a little bit harder. That's, that's way more difficult, I think. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that as well? Uh, yeah. Mornings for me, I, I can lock them down pretty good for probably the first five hours. Yeah. And then after that, it gets a bit hazy. Man, Things I, pop up. I do, the same, like, I do the same. I go from about 5.30 to about 9.30. So I got like four hours where yeah. I'm like, that's pretty unequivocally my time. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I'll get up, I'll make a coffee, I'll sit on the couch and I'll read for an hour and... Uh, and then now I've found myself wanting to read quite a lot more. Um, so Saturdays, if I'm not doing anything, I'll, I'll pretty much dedicate from like 5.30 to 9.30 for reading. I'll go straight through. Um, and I, until this year, I only ever read one book at a time. Um, but then this year I took on that Captain Cook book and it's like 900 pages, <laughs> yeah, yeah. tiny, te- <laughs> like it's a fucking behemoth. Um, so I, I was like, all right, I'll have one book. I'm now down to have one biography, one fiction, and one nonfiction on the go. Yeah, at the moment, I think that's good strategy. Like one, one sort of hard for me. I'd just make it like one hard and easy. So yeah. if it's like a book about neuroscience or philosophy or something like that, yeah, that's that's cool. I'll, I'll maybe read a bit of that during the day, and then in the night, I want something a little bit easier, maybe a bit more, you know, fiction, more of an adventure story. You can still get good stuff out of. Like if, if you want to get stuff out of it, that's exactly yeah. what I tell people too. That reading good fiction is almost better than reading nonfiction. Mm. I feel like most nonfiction books, if you read the first thirty percent and the last ten percent, you're pretty much reading the whole book. Yeah. Whereas in fiction, like you want to read a hundred percent of that motherfucker, and you're going to be getting shit out of that book the entire time. Because yeah. I, I, I didn't start reading fiction until probably just a couple of years ago. Because I had that, I had the thought in my head of like, if I'm gonna give my all this time to reading, it needs to be productive, yeah. very striving, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I eliminated that. I wonder what probably Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Actually, I read Leela first. Have you read Leela? No, no. Have you read Zen? I've read Zen. Yeah, dude, yeah. I'll give you a copy of Leela if you like. Yeah, okay, um, who's that by? Same it, author. It's by Persic. Yeah, it's yeah. the sequel to Zen. It's probably better, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I read. I read that thinking it was nonfiction. Ah, uh, yeah. So because it's called <laughs> it's called Leela, an investigation into morals, and yeah. I was like, mm, okay, I could get on board with reading about morality. Yeah, yeah. And then it was it was Bam. the <laughs> yeah it was the sequel to Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, and I'd always wanted to read that, and then I was just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna read this first, and I smashed it like absolutely loved it. Yeah. And then straight away after that, I read Zen. And uh, that was a brilliant book as well. Have you read Zen and the Art of Archery? Not that one, no. Yeah, no. okay. I think I'm going to read that at some point here soon because um, I think that's a bit more like practical. Like okay. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, no, it's, it's not practical yeah. in, in, in any way. You spend a lot of time thinking about that book. Yeah. What, what did you think about that whole... Uh, I uh, I struggled at the, at the start because um, that was me just getting back into books again. So yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give them yeah, like, yeah, my give little story. Your, yeah, um, your context. Yeah, so it. very similar, man. Like I, I love books as a kid. Uh, I was reading, yeah, like Del Toro Quest. Yeah. Um, started graduate. I remember the library that's near my house has like, you know, the kids section down the bottom. And I basically read 
all of the like um i think it's like the f- the famous five or something or it was like you know the spy kids kids books those yeah, things like that yeah. read them all probably twice or three times over and it's like oh like i'm so bored what else is there and started to go up to like the adult section it was like forbidden in a way just going around seeing yeah. stuff um and then i found out like oh no they have you know the same spy stuff as well it's just adults doing things instead of kids yeah um so yeah from probably i would say like as soon as i could read um same thing with the harry potter my friends used to play like out in our little colds of the sack they'd be playing handball and i'd want to join in with them but i'd have like the latest harry potter book so yeah. i'd just be sitting on the curb like reading as everyone's playing around yeah. me um and then i got to high school and then that's when they beat the shit out of me in terms of um and there's one thing i just think high school does really badly is like if you're forcing me to read a book i don't care about yeah you're not like, really reading it like looking for alabrandi uh, yeah. I, I did not give a shit about that book and so there's like this whole gap of when i can see like oh no i, th- I thought i hated reading yeah. because i was reading books i didn't like yeah um shakespeare you know all that sort of stuff so um it's funny like now i'd way be be more interested yeah, in trying yeah. shakespeare to, yeah. to get what's to be gained from it but when i'm in you know like 15 16 years old it's it's not yeah it's not what i want so there's that period and then like yeah rediscovered and um that's when i uh i think it was roughly around then i got a kindle and that was a pretty big game changer because it was like oh i i don't need to have all these books with me yeah i can just have it on the kindle so yeah started reading on like the bus to uni to and from uni uh and yeah on that book oh geez man it was yeah bizarre bizarre was the first thing that comes to mind i think it was the my first dive into yeah like you're saying metaphysics and thinking about the nature of reality yeah yeah is you know like um i'm not sure if it's in this book but the typical question would be like you know imagine if everyone died and there was no consciousness would the world still exist i can't remember the name for that it's like panpsychism or pan something and that that was the first time i'd think of something like that it's like I'd be like, yeah, look, like the earth, it's wood and stuff. But it's when you think into it, it's like, no, if there's someone there not to to see it, yeah. really does it exist? So yeah. questions like that, yeah, that that book is great for the diving into those. I think um, the one of the things like when we were talking before, um, I guess just about the meditation and and that sort of side of things, I found it real. I guess it was like when the student is ready, the master appears, kind of thing. Mm. Because on the one hand like I, w- I would say that in my meditation practice or in that lane or that vertical of my life the reading about um you know consciousness um you know like uh these kind of metaphysical books about like the nature of reality and things like that they really run in like a very similar kind of timeline and i think a lot of things really made sense to me through reading like that kind of crazy far out stuff and then the buddha it all kind of seemed to make sense at a similar time if that makes sense and a lot of it had to do with those questions from zen about like what is real the nature of reality itself and like i said i'd thought about that shit my whole life but there was so much stuff i guess i just didn't know about reality in terms of what we I guess no and there was one thing that really stuck out uh, I think it was in one of Lisa Feldman Barrett's books because um, she's a cutting-edge neuroscientist and um, and it was talking about the color red isn't real yeah and I, yeah and I was yeah, just, like I, the, the visual spectrum is great yeah, for that yeah yeah and and that was a real 
easy way. I was like, I have never seen red before. I was like, red is this. And so, like, I read uh, Stephen Hawking's A Brief History of Time. And then Lisa Feldman Barrett. And then, so all these ideas are just, I guess it's sort of like what we said about language, you know, like you read this real broad spec or learn this broad spectrum of words. And at some point, they're going to kind of intersect and the, the picture's going to start to make sense. Yeah. But, you know, so you read Stephen Hawking, A Brief History of Time, and you learn that red is because a wavelength is long and blue is because the wavelength of light is short and that you've got three receptors that are in your eye and then the light hits one of those receptors it's measured in its length in terms of which channel it's i guess funneled through your brain then creates a a mental picture which then you take as the color red and that idea of reality not like us not even interfacing with reality like, I trust that you're there. Like, I, 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 I definitely don't think that you're real or a projection of my consciousness. Like, I would say that you exist outside of my consciousness. But in terms of the way that you appear in my consciousness, that you're just the amalgamation of these five sense organs that I have and the data that's being interpreted. And so when you... Like, I can't argue with that. Like, I've never... like. Like, that's there, but I, the way that I'm, like, I'm not seeing it in its true, quote-unquote, form. What I'm seeing is, again, just these amalgamations of my senses. And, and it's like, that is who I am. I'm the convergence of all of, of those things. Yeah. So, like, to have that book and then, you know, a books about neuroscience and, you know, you're kind of borrowing from all these different things... Uh, and it kind of can shape this. I guess, I guess it sort of made a, a, a bunch of things clear, like literally just through reading like this variety of, of, of books. Yeah, that's way up my alley, man. And so, and so many things to come from that. It's like, you know, if I see red, the qualia aspect, is that red the same red that you're seeing? Like, 100%. Is, that, is that per, you know, that feeling tone the same? Yeah. Philosophical zombies are you actually you know conscious like i assume you are i act as if you are but are you actually like or is everything in here every other person actually just dead inside like there's nothing going on things like that like and it can come from everywhere man like all of those things they they bundle up and it's just like holy fuck i never thought about that yeah and then i think that that's such like a beautiful way to live your life like in this space of I guess, surrendering to the fact that you actually don't know anything and you've never experienced reality outside of just the painting that your consciousness paints for you. And then I think that, um, like for me now, man, like the, the, the WA trip was pretty fucking crazy to be honest, because I was just in the zone when it comes to the whole fuck I don't even know what you'd want to call it but just like that non-duality kind of just constantly looking through getting that fucking detaching of the clip feeling that I was talking about yeah and literally just like seeing like my reality for exactly what it was like just a fucking painting and to drive through the desert in this van and everyone's like Ronan's in the back chilling Sam's chilling like there's not a lot going on and then I'm just like moving this fucking vehicle through the desert and watching it like it is like looking for reality in that quality like just looking at us this is just data that's coming in and and i think that um 
yeah man like fuck i just got every sunset hit me different every change of shrubbery every uh time that the road went from like foliage to just desolate like that everything felt so much more impactful when i looked through it looked through the lens of just like oh this is just this fucking sense data that's been brought in and i'm just being painted a picture Mm. and just to sit in that kind of headspace for fucking hours dude like yeah. and then we did the 90 mile straight where it's just it was night time it was a fucking crazy like when you play i guess play with those images of like what consciousness is even and so when it's pitch black it to me it's no different to changing the aperture of a camera like there's just no data that's hitting the sensor like there's no way for that image to be reproduced because there's no there's just no data there now but then you open up the aperture you're letting all this light hit the sensor and then you're being given this this image and i i think the same now of like when you're in the dark like completely in the dark and like we turned off the we turned off the lights while we're on this 90 mile straight so it's oh yeah completely yeah. pitch black i just yeah. drove to like the center of the road yeah. and i just fucking turned all the lights off in the car and like Rones was fucking tripping on it but that you've just like rea- everything's still there but you've just deprived like the app you know you just shut the aperture down and now there's just no information like hitting yeah hitting yeah. the the sensor to then like paint the picture so it's such a fucking trip and man i just find myself nowadays more than ever being just like completely captivated by vistas and by sun like compelled to look at them like i'd come back from picking up this bike the other day and it was just like the nicest craziest sunset while i was driving and the the sun was setting on i guess my like 11 o'clock and i was trying to keep the looking at the road i just couldn't fucking not look at it and it just was like that uh, overwhelming feeling of like the way that reality literally just like unfolds in front of your eyes yeah sure yeah. i think um my dad actually did the exact same thing when he was driving through the nullarbor like <laughs> i think that's a normal thing flick off the lights go in the center and just see what it's like or like you know break the rule drive on the wrong side of the road for three hours without seeing another yeah. car and it's like oh man what a bullshit rule this is yeah <laughs> we, yeah so funny man so funny well the craziest part of it too is ronan was the first one that that um kind of pointed it out because he was the first one to drive at at night there and um he's like man the fucking high beams like you know you flick off your high beams because you don't want to like blow the person in front of you six minutes you'd flick off the high beams because you didn't want to blind the person you didn't see that person for six minutes yeah 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 that's how fucking (laughs) black it is out there and then when you've got like a truck coming at you that's eight nine minutes away on this straight road it's like a tunnel you're driving through a tunnel and yeah then you, yeah exactly <laughs> it is it's a, such a trip and so i guess i was I swept away in a sense with just these thoughts about the nature of reality in that moment like what is actually happening and being processed to like deliver me that image yeah yeah that's that's so funny man that's uh that would be a trip (laughs) am i driving into the light like don't go into the light don't go into the light (laughs) yeah it literally just looks like a tunnel that's yeah it's so far away and there's so such small light and then there's just like this kind of glow around it but um but yeah it just kind of 
like I said, I guess it all just comes into those different, I guess those different explanations of the same thing. And then when you can, I guess, like look through those different lenses, the world just can look completely different. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's funny about like whether what's better to add more stuff in or, or take away stuff. So if you think about psychedelics, some people claim like it's actually, uh, you know, loosening the barriers. So then you can actually see the world for more how it actually is. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what like psychedelics do, which, yeah, that I could totally understand that. That's a pretty good um, argument. And then there's other things like um, I've, I've recently just discovered like, oh man, you know, if I don't use technology for a day, like I call it like no screen Tuesday. And so I just turn off all my screens, like don't look at the laptop, don't look at the phone, don't look at anything. And man, I'm, yeah, I'll go out and if that's like taking away something, because you know having the screens is fantastic man i got the the world at my fingertips i can yeah. do whatever and then i'll go outside and i'll look and i'll see like oh shit there's a like tiny little bug with like this red dot on its back like what the fuck is that that's crazy or i'd go to the park and um or like there's this place near my um near my house or my, near my parents house which is it's sort of like got some little calisthenic bars but it's right on um like one of the bushlands yeah and just walking to it I saw from like 50 meters away, like, holy shit, there's this big ass goanna just hanging out doing pull-ups. Mm. It's like, uh, it's just chilling out there. But, you know, normally I would have had my phone on yeah, and you, I, w- yeah. I would have missed that like because it ran away as soon as I as I got within like 50 meters. So things like that, man, it's like, okay, is it better to, to add more stuff in? Like, is that more closer to reality or is it like taking away stuff, like going out to pitch blackness? Is that, which one's closer to reality? It's fascinating to think about. Yeah. So when you're with your reading like what's your structure around it like Mm. what's your the things that you've got in place or like how much time do you like to spend a day or yeah so there's there's um there's a weird one because uh so like i I sort of set myself some like yearly goals and i think for 2019 it was like i'm gonna read 50 books and so i started it it was more of a struggle than like uh, um, mostly because I had like a girlfriend so that just chews up a tremendous amount of time um, yeah. but also you know just other stuff like the podcast was getting more and more into it so I was like chewing up more time and I had a real struggle to read 50 and I, I actually like came out of that being like I'm never going to set a goal like that yeah. again that, that it, it made reading not fun especially towards the end when I was like oh man I gotta you know read you know 12 books in the next two months or I'm not going to be able to make it sort of thing um, but I was enjoying doing that and then creating like book reviews from that, which once again, like look into the past, I've got a word document going back to 2013 of, of every book I've read and really? I'd, I'd write like, you know, some books I'd write like a paragraph and then others, it would go like pages and pages of just interesting stuff I took from it. Yeah. Um, so that was like, all right, well maybe I should do some book reviews on YouTube and like for the podcast and whatnot. Uh, and then now it's like, I, I I try and not make it like I'm really struggling hard to be like don't do this for the book reviews don't make yeah. this for the podcast like this is for yourself if you're finding like you're getting tired or you don't want to read don't read man like don't yeah. don't put it in that way fortunately I just really enjoy it so when I get time it's like all right would I rather you know trawl through nine gag or some stupid website for a while watch YouTube videos or read ah, I'd, I'd probably rather read uh, so anyway getting to your question I got. Uh, like an Evernote list, there's probably like 200 books on that yeah. at least of just mostly podcast recommendations. Yeah. So uh, tons from Sam Harris's, Joe Rogan's, like Tim Ferriss, Lex Fridman. If there's ever a podcast, uh, like a, they have an author on that sounds yeah. cool or they just mention offhand like this book, 
usually goes on the list. And then because I'm reading so much now, I can have a bit more time to be like, I don't know, if I'm in the library or something and I just go and see there's a classic, all right, I'll just pick up a, a classic and yeah, not not be too strict. So not, um, I have like, I guess like lists of the stuff I definitely want to read and, you know, you, you know, I, I'll sort of assume like I'm maybe I'll die within the next year. So yeah. it'd be better to read more of the, the really important ones rather than ones that just pop up. Yeah. But I'll also give a bit of time for, reading like just something random like i pulled out um lost horizon by james hilton which is i'd never heard of it before uh, if you've heard of shangri-la like yeah yeah so there's the book that like invented that yeah right. um he invented that that name and that concept of like an asian monastery deep in the mountains sort of oh, thing wow. and man like this book i don't think it's great for the prose of the style like it's not a standout in that but like it's about monks it's about travel it's about uh like age and and it's got some philosophical questions in it it's about it's got like this english character who's just i uh, like i love the classic english stoic yeah, yeah sort of person so it ticked off all these boxes and was like holy fuck this is the best book i've read in like two years that's so good yeah. you know what one was like that for me was Ernest Hemingway Fiesta. Oh, shit, man. I've, I've just been... That? No, I've just been getting into, like, The Old Man and the Sea. And oh, to, um, I saw that today. Some, some yeah. of the other ones, yeah. Dude, fuck, that book's good, man. Yeah, okay, like, shit. I, I would just rec- recommended it to my mum because my mum likes reading shitty fucking romance novels. Yeah. And I was like, mum, this is a shitty romance novel by Ernest Hemingway. Yeah, yeah, Like, okay. this is, this is <laughs> like, the, what you're reading now, this is the fucking best way this could ever possibly get done. Nice. And it was just a, it's a small book, and I just was like, there was a point when I was really getting into reading where I was like, oh, there's classic, there's classic books in the way that there's classic movies. You know, you're like, yeah. everyone's got to watch The Matrix mm. or everyone's got to watch 300 or... Well, it's like, okay, so the book version of of 300 is Gates of Fire by Stephen Pressfield. Yeah. And, oh, The Green Mile? Well, there's The Green Mile and Silence of the Lambs, there's... So I was kind of... Once that really, uh, I guess, got opened up to me, uh, I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to start going through and just reading these books. I'm not going to look at any of the what they're about or yeah. you know just literally i'm only reading it because it's essentially like an oscar winning book you know in if you want to use movie yeah. uh terms I, I try and do that as well because you know s- some of the ones on my list i i have they've been on there for a couple of years i have no idea why they're on there mm-hmm. and so i'll just get it and be like i'm not going to look at the blurb i definitely don't read intros nowadays of especially if it's written like an introduction written by another person yeah by someone like, else no yeah. I'll, if i want some more historical context i'll read that at the end but definitely want to come in like fresh and just be like trying to appreciate the book for what it is and and what it's got to say i guess yeah yeah i've had uh i started reading the dark tower series by stephen king yeah and i read the intro and i was just like in one way i'm like glad i did but in another way i'm i'm not because yeah. it sort of gives you it gives you just too much too much context yeah exactly um, or, or it like forces you to think of this particular aspect of it which yeah. is like oh maybe that's not what you would have gotten from the book if you'd just been reading it fresh and just like oh we'll see what pops up in my mind yeah yeah that that Hemingway book though was such a great example of like what you just said you know like obviously though like the prose that he writes like he's one of the best authors of all yeah, time yeah but yeah that was just a book like a meaningless book like it literally means nothing but yep. fuck i enjoyed it 
and that was such like a great experience and a really good education to to be like ah oh, so there's just books you should read you know brave new world yeah you yeah. should read that book like there's so many of those within literature that um and that that just fascinated me because i just never looked at books through through that lens you know yeah yeah i was definitely more in the sense of i gotta get something, something from this from what it, am i gonna yeah. get from this and then if you take that away it's like no nah, okay now it's now it's cool now i can enjoy enjoy it for what it is yeah and i've found that i've learned so much from the books that i yeah that, me that too. i thought i'd learn the least from yeah 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 i, I was i was gonna say like I, I just learn more from them now now that i'm not trying to get anything out of them yeah it gives me a bit more space to not being you know overly critical and overly thinking about it it's just yeah try and enjoy it for what it is and if things pop up that's cool yeah and so how how much time do you reckon you spend a day uh roughly? yeah so I'd, I'd probably read like 45 minutes in the evening and then if i can just during the day yeah uh i'll i'll whip it out for maybe like half an hour and then like on tuesdays where I'm, i don't have any tech yeah. like i can i'll smash down like four hours or something so. that's so sick yeah. so you're not reading like a crazy crazy i mean no 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 like, no, except no, for tuesdays no. that's a pretty good slog yeah but. yeah it's it's not um no it's it's not like an effort for me and it's I, I can't tell if like i read i don't think i read particularly fast i'm probably like i don't know a minute a page just yeah. in, in general so yeah. it's not it's not super but i'm pretty consistent like I'd, it's rare that i'll i'll deviate from from getting like at least half an hour of reading done a day yeah yeah i'd say i'm the same now like you'd find if i go like wa i didn't read that much and you know if i'm away doing trips and shit i'll always take books with me yeah but i just find yeah it's, that it's just... i'm the same like i'm going to um up into Cairns with my fam- uh, yeah. family in a week or two and i'll take stuff but there's probably probably nothing's getting read yeah and i think what you said about not having a goal like i've literally never had a goal yeah don't, with, don't do with, that <laughs> yeah it's not something i think i ever want to do um around it because i definitely i my i say my only goal though is to read every day but it's that's not like a strict i'm not gonna fucking ruin my life because of it yeah yeah but, I, I maybe like a goal of if, if you're struggling is like read 15 minutes a day but yeah. not not read you know to get this um number of things i went on to i dove into like the bookstagram community for a bit oh, yeah. fucking weird man this really? is a, yeah like people you know and these are people like serious readers doing like you know 200 plus books a year uh and the, that just seems like a vice at that point yeah that's 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 getting to the stage of you know are you really enjoying it um and and that's where you can sort of start to see like they're reading this because the author sent them this book so they're saying nice things about it and this and you know i don't want to paint the whole community as bad but it was i dove into it for a bit and was like uh this isn't for me this is a this is a bit strange who do you have many people around you that read a lot uh no no just me i say um yeah like, isn't a big reader no nah, no nah, he's he's too busy doing his he's got a like normal job and yeah. uh like he exercises like four hours a day so yeah <laughs> he doesn't yeah. have time uh he, he'll he'll read like a, a book yeah probably like 12 books yeah in a year something like that yeah that i'd say is probably my proudest thing about this podcast is that there's a fuckload of people dudes especially that have read books that oh like recommendations from yeah yeah that have gone from reading zero to nice man nice minimum one you know yeah and that to me i'm just like fuck yes boys because i just think there's so much to be gained there 
and yet like you said you don't have to put any kind of stipulations around it you don't have to put constraints i'd say the only constraint that a person should put on reading is just to read minimum one page a day and like when i really wanted to get back into it when i was like nah this is something i'm gonna do i would just read one page a night if i had forgotten about it because the hardest thing with making a habit is like remembering that you're trying to make a new habit so you you know like you got to set up these cues constantly in your environment to at least trigger the brain to like oh that's right you want to read more so i just started buying books and like leaving yeah putting on your pillow everywhere yeah. yeah and uh and yeah i would just do the one page a day thing and then and would you usually do more like because you'd read yeah. the page and be like oh man i might as well get to the end of the chapter at least or something yeah. like that but i did not feel bad about just doing one page yeah either yeah. you know so i never because the problem is, is i just would be working and then doing my shit and go to training and cooking and what and then you're just like oh fuck i don't have time to read but then over time of just doing that one page and then i'm like oh i just hit a good bit i want to get up in the morning and read again and the other thing as well that i think helps is just like don't feel bad about what you like to read yeah yeah. you know don't feel like you should have to read something philosophical yeah yeah if you improve your life or whatever if you're into the romance books like hell yeah go for it yeah so that that was a big thing and i did the same thing with meditation to be honest like i actually struggled to sit and do it for a while like i again it was just the time thing where i was like fuck i forgot to make time i'm already in bed i've already done my shit fucking it's Mm. just not happening now and then i would start putting my airpods in and just doing it well this was before i had airpods but when i'd put in headphones and then i just do it in bed laying down that's not technically how you're supposed to do it yeah yeah but i literally like guess yeah yeah i just (laughs) built this habit around it and then i always would i'd never felt bad because i was like oh i meditate every day now even though i'm laying down and doing it in bed and half the time i'd fall asleep yeah, but it just, and not doing it right like it, yeah. yeah but it just cultivated a habit and then i was like i'd go to bed doing it and then i'd wake up and i'm like oh maybe i should just do it this morning before i get up and start and then you, then that becomes like the new new habit that you've uh developed but i think that it just comes from just starting super small and not having like a something strict around it that's i guess like the bars too too high to begin with you know it's like almost whenever you're trying to start something it's like okay make the fucking bar as low as possible yeah and then remove all the barriers to entry and it kind of can just happen yeah and then maybe uh like for me i definitely need like a little bit of strictness in the sense of um if i say something like get to that point where it's like no more thinking just go do it now so you know if i really hate that cold shower in the morning it's like doesn't matter doesn't matter like stop thinking stop thinking right now go do it just go do it yeah, yeah that's that's important as well yeah fucking 100% because that's is the only thing that could stop you like the thinking about doing or not doing a thing just puts you right there in fucking zero land where you're not doing anything yeah for sure I was thinking about um meaning recently because uh, uh do you follow Lex Redman do you listen to love his shit yeah he's the he's the only podcast I listen to yeah yeah so he's he's probably my go-to now um I listen to like a lot of, a lot of other Aussie ones just to you know sort of feel it out and yeah. it's, it's it's actually kind of fun seeing what other people do and create um yeah. and get some really weird shit and some really awful stuff <laughs> and uh but yeah he's one of like a mainstream one he'll he's the one I come back to um and he had Sam Harris yeah on recently yeah. and 
you know, he always asks that question of like, or almost always of, you know, then now the silliest question of all, like, what's the meaning of life? Yeah. And I think Sam's was probably like the best answer I've heard so far, which was, if you're asking that question, you're, you're like not in it. Like if you're, if you're really yeah. got the most meaning of life, you're not going to be asking what's the meaning of life. You're just yeah. going to be in it at the moment. I, th- I thought that was like, yeah, a, a pretty good answer for that. And it's, you know, it's going to be different for everyone as well. There's no one meaning. Yeah. So even me saying this is like, yeah, that's maybe what I took from it. Um, yeah. But if you're constantly questioning it, it can get a bit, yeah, too much on the mind. Yeah. What What do you think about uh, about Sam in in general? Because I'm I'm pretty, um, I'd say I'd be a, a fanboy of him over basically anybody. Yeah. Yeah. In um, the world. Ninety five percent of everything I love. Uh, when he starts talking about politics, yeah. Uh, uh, no, he's, there's there's a bit weird stuff going on there. I, I think that's where I can see like his mental systems breaking down because he you can just even hear it in his voice like he gets more emotional yeah, yeah etc but man every it's kind of it's been painful in a way listening to him um when i uh, and reading uh his book on free will yeah when okay. i when i first read that man i was so attached to to free will i was i was definitely like no like this is why you're wrong sam and i was creating all these things in my head and then I'd like use his own advice of like seeing what's going on and be like, oh shit, Karen, you're, you're trying to fight against him now. You're fighting against this concept. Why? Uh, like, why is that? Um, and so, yeah, basically everything he says, I, th- I think is pretty on point. Like yeah, okay. he's, just, he's a smart dude. Uh, so, and so where do you fall on free will now? Yeah. F- for me, I use it just in a personal way. So it'll be like, uh, for so my- wait, okay. Sorry. Before I get into that. So can you paint the picture for people that haven't heard this argument? I don't I don't think I've spoken about this particular topic too much. Okay, yeah. So so Sam's basic argument is he comes at it a couple of ways, but I think like the main one is uh, if you look um deep into your, like yourself and you start doing meditation and stuff like that, the more you get into it, the more you'll start to realize like there's no uh, there's no existence for a person like a a, a, an ability to make decisions in there um you can use a deterministic one so you'll talk in the book about how if you're hooked up into a uh, mri and they start asking you questions and it's like okay tell us when you've made your decision yeah. on whether you're going to push the button or not push the button they can see it in your brain you know 100 milliseconds or whatever it is before you are able to consciously, consciously say yeah. that's that's it so there's sort of it's already like attacking the the point of like okay if you've got so much free will how come i can see it before even you think that you you have it yeah um so it's like the science side he attacks it and then he'll attack it in the experiential side saying yeah if you dive deeper into it there's there's nothing there like there's no action to it you can say there's randomness but randomness isn't free will that's yeah. that's just random shit's hap- happening like there's that's no the universe at work yeah yeah so I don't know. Do you have anything to add to that in terms of... Uh... Well, it's funny. So, you know how... So, I've recently read that as well. Like, I've listened to pretty much every, I guess, thing that he's spoken yeah, yeah. with it on. And I've I've always got it. You know, I'm like, if you, experientially, if you look... And again, there's like the intellectual component and the experiential component. Yeah. And I'm pretty much down on both of those now. Uh, but I couldn't see the link to the self. Because when, you know, you kind of hear him be like, free will, the lack of free will is basically all the evidence that you need 
of the lack of self yeah yeah like already saying it's 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 not even that it's a, an illusion of free will it's like the illusion is an illusion to, as, as well like it's it's, yeah. it's not there yeah. yeah so when you were saying that the the self thing it, it does that sort of isn't something that you think about too much or like that non-dual thing the free will like if you if you're on board with the free will not being there then i think inadvertently you're on board with the self not being there it's just the connect like the dot hasn't been linked up because i'd say recently i've i've spent so much time thinking about free will and or not necessarily thinking about free will but uh noticing the experiences in my life where i have no free will and i can notice that shit over and over and over and over so in the same way that you can like when i say like i want to look for the self and not see it you can do this it's the same thing as like looking for free will and not seeing it so in my head what i've kind of got to now is that where free will would be that's where the self would be yeah okay yeah so if there was a self there would be free will they those two things are completely intertwined and they're like you can't literally can't untangle it so if you can see the if you can experientially see there's the lack of free will then you actually i think with a little bit of perspective change you can see the fact that 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 is the evidence of of not being a self there um because so like for example uh i've i've got a notes thing in my phone of all these different times i'm like there was no free will there i could (laughs) could watch it yeah and then you end up well like for me at least i've i'm it's like i'm watching again watching that movie and then the self comes online. So this is where it happened for me the other day. I went into the um, I went into the pantry to get some Smith's chips, and then I reached for uh, biscuits instead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's that's it's as simple as it yeah. is. That's as simple. That's that's all the like I the the free will that I thought I had was going there to get those, and then just on complete autopilot, I reached out, and then the the self comes online like in my head that the person that's the fucking captain of the ship was like oh whoa, 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 what are you doing you gotta go and so like i like there was like this deviation that was created but in that moment it's very very clear to see that there wasn't that wasn't a thing that i direct there was nothing voluntary that was going on like the decision was made for me i reached for the biscuits i put i was like ah and so i think that when you look for so like if you if you ask me the sam's example of like the movie what's your favorite movie if there was a self there and you ask that self the question i i guess you could argue this in a way of like well it's not practical to for this to be the case but if you were like jace out of all the movies that you've ever seen in your life what's your favorite movie and i'd go the matrix and then that would just pop into my head i was delivered that thought it feels like me it's fairly consistent to the answer i've given to that question in the past uh if i stopped and thought about it i'd i could calculate like you give a lot of reasons why yeah, that, yeah. that would be it yeah, yeah i'd be like yeah the matrix is I, that's pretty much that's one of like for sure that'd be my yeah that's my favorite movie and you can sit there it feels like free will you were delivered this choice that was consistent with you and you're fucking gucci you don't really find a need to investigate that further but then if he goes oh well have you seen forrest gump 
like fuck dude forrest gump might be my favorite movie yeah. eh? and again it was like so there was no free will in sam saying that to me and then there's so that's randomness of the universe at work and then my reaction to that statement there's no like real free will around like the way that i thought about it in the exact moment it's all just delivered right but it feels like free will if you never really deconstruct it and i think that it's the same thing it feels like the self if there if there was a self that was um like a definite thing that was riding inside me and i was that thing to to tell somebody my favorite movie i'd have to go through every movie i'd ever watched sort them out into the good and the bad and then have a definitive rating system and like make a conscious like decision based on every that would all have to be like delivered to me pretty quickly and then i'd have to be able to make that decision and it's just not like that would be uh i love how lex freeman talks of like it's either a function or a bug like that would be like a bug that wouldn't Mm. be very practical and i think that that's how people can then dismiss it as like oh well that's not evidence of free will that's just the brain it's processing and it knows this and it knows that and this has happened and then you all this is happening subconsciously and it's just like to me i don't know where those things came from i don't know why and i don't even know why i like the matrix yeah yeah so like you can just keep going back and back so i guess the the link to the back to the self is that if there was a self it would be where the free will is yeah for sure there would be a self that had free will that could make these decisions and there wouldn't really be any circumstance where i reach for the biscuits when i intent intended to reach for the for the chips and there's all these different examples there's like another one sitting at have you ever sat at a stop sign or you've got like a an intersection there's a bunch of different cars going and you've really got to be like okay which way is this and you just sort of you're doing this fucking thing with your head like five or six times you look at and you're not really able to study anything in like the time that you switch that's like a completely un like there's no self like i'm not deciding for that like if i go back take a step back and i look at what i'm doing I'm like that's actually super inefficient and doesn't really make any sense yeah and, yeah, and there's yeah. there's no way that that would be like if i could choose to do that i could actually choose it to do a lot better that's not it's not even a choice i'm not given the chance to think about it in that way it's only retroactively that you can go back and i guess like uh break down everything and then you deconstruct and go like oh this happened here and i probably would have done it. so to me i am pretty i can pretty well just see the lack of free will constantly and i think there's a bunch of other um there's a bunch of other things too like just impulses and yeah in, like impulse control if, like if, if you see something that looks sort of like a, it's a lizard in the garden but you think it's a snake like there's i dare anyone to try and like control that impulse of wanting to jump back and be like oh shit yeah definitely and i think even though so like um like sex would be a real easy one to like i guess look at because so you've got you get this urge you don't know where it comes from all of a sudden you want to fuck a chick yeah or you're compelled to like jerk off 
And then it's like, there's a feeling and then you get this feeling. You don't know where that feeling come from. And then in your brain, you're like, well, I could go fuck a chick or I could jerk off. And then that'd like go away. But if I really had a choice, I'd choose to just not feel that feeling. Like it's just, yeah. Like how necessary is this? Yeah. Like, is, is this improving my life right now? Yeah. yeah. Like the fact that I'm at work and just seeing some chick on fucking TikTok, and now I want to pull my dick. Like that is a massive inconvenience. Like <laughs> yeah, given, yeah. given the choice, <laughs> this is something that I wouldn't really want. And then I think that you can apply that logic to all of your emotions and all of the, and then thoughts as well. And then you apply that thinking to, uh, you apply that logic to thoughts themselves. And then you'll, this is why you sit, I guess. So you sit and then you got no fucking idea in those 10 minutes what's going to be produced, that whether you're going to think about shit that's happened a day ago, a year ago, a month ago when you're a kid, stuff that is in the future, there's possibilities. Like um, right now, I'm fucking obsessed with the idea of like buying these old bikes and fixing them. I don't know where that come from. Yeah. But I'm just a fucking like a puppet in yeah, so a vessel many for all these things yeah yeah so i mean i think that um yeah like if you can see the link between like if the if you can see the fact that there's no free will like i really think that the self is where free will would be if it was there yeah for sure and i think it helps having all those like demonstrations uh, a really good one for me was uh, you know think of a color and a tool i think it's like 50 percent of the time people think of red hammer that's, I thought that's, blue hammer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, any any case, like that, those sort of ones where it's it's like real in your face of just how how little that you've got going on here. I've been recently talking with my dad, like a lot deeper discussions, just you know carving out the time to to spend with him. And so many things, like I look at, I'm like, I'm just you. Like I'm just doing yeah. what you used to do. Like my genes. Like I look like him. He used to read tons. I, I read tons. Like he used to be solitary. Like for most, like I used to be like, it's just the overlaps just keep happening and happening. Yeah. It's like, oh man, <laughs> I'm just doing, yeah, there's no, there's not that much here of me. That's like unique. Yeah. Um, I was going to say though, so when it, uh, this might uh, actually help in a way, cause you know, it was saying like, oh yeah, don't want to talk too much. And that's all we've been doing. But one of the practical things I've really taken away from Sam Harris has, has been on free will. And I sort of view it in two ways. Like one is, uh, when I do something wrong to myself, uh, I'll, or like I do something bad, like I make a bad ethical choice or I, you know, um, fall into temptation or whatever. And I eat that like full block of chocolate or whatever it is. The thing that I said I wouldn't do, that's when I'll say to myself, like, oh, you had free will then you should like work on that. You can do better. And then when it's the other person in the car next to me and they cut me off in traffic, then I'll be like, no, nah, they don't have free will. So like, why am I getting angry at them? There's no free will there. And yeah. that's one of the, the things like for me that has just eliminated so much negative thinking in my head of, um, and then vice versa as well. If someone does something really nice for me, I'll treat them more as if like they're, they, that they was have of their own. Volition. Yeah. Yeah. And then if I do something really good, it's like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that was not so much free will on your part. And that was like just luck or coincidence. Yeah. And, you know reinforce it but that keeps me from being like too uh you know arrogant or whatever being yeah. like oh man i'm the fucking man like i could do handstands for this long or whatever yeah it's like no nah, you didn't have any free will in that like you it just happened so that, that's like a practical way that yeah. i've got all that together and it's it's been immensely beneficial for me yeah i totally totally feel the same way like i have 
since, I mean, I guess just in the last few years in general, like I look at my life and I go, oh my God, you're lucky. Like none of this is your doing. Yeah, yeah. Literally yeah. none of this is your doing. And I think that the easy example that you can, or like the easy way you can really like present this concept of not having free will to people is to just, you just go, okay, so what was the last thought that you had? Did you choose that thought? Where did that thought come from? Oh, I don't know. I just sort of popped in my head. All right. The thought before that thought. All right. So you get it that you're not choosing the thoughts for the last minute of your life. Okay. Now let's just pick a random fucking point on this, uh, linear timeline of your life. Uh, what about that thought? Okay. All right. So let's go all the way back to being a, bo- a baby. What was your first thought? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. All right. So did you have at any point of this, have you been choosing the thoughts that pop into your head and people will kind of just be like, uh, nah, uh, I, I guess not. And it's like, okay. So at the, the moment of concept or like the moment of birth of like your consciousness, like coming into the fucking world or reality is like, we would all call reality. You're, you have this DNA, which exactly like you just said about you and your dad, you've got this DNA and then you've got this culture that you're born into. And then it's just on this timeline together. And the thing that gets produced is like out of the middle, like out of the clash of those two things. Yeah. So I'm not responsible for any of this. And, and to me, I think that, um, I guess to come full circle of me thinking about like the ego and like, I don't want to be people to think I'm this or that. It's just like, fuck, I'm not even responsible for doing this. Yeah, so yeah. like, why would I give a fuck? in that sense of like i didn't choose where i was born i didn't choose my parents i didn't choose the environment that i was in i didn't choose the hardships that i was exposed to i didn't choose the uh great kindness that i was exposed all of this shit has just been like this unfolding and my dna reacts in in a certain way uh and then my the culture has you know intersects with that so none of this is really my doing so like that ego that I could have around this show doing well or any of those things. It's like, none of this is my doing. I'm okay with that. I'm grateful to be on the ride that I'm on. And then to that question of like, I don't want people to think this is like, well, I don't even control the thoughts that pop into my head. So why would I be tripping on the thoughts that other people have in their head around me yeah you know yeah yeah and i think like the problem with this topic and sam mentions this is there there does seem something like a little bit anti-human about it and this was my first reaction it was when i first read it was like you know what's then for me to like where do morals come in for this Mm. like why is it bad for me to do anything like it's almost like that if, if you nihilism can't, is a yeah yeah oh yeah if if you can't make decisions like what's the whole point of it then and like I totally get that I felt the same thing and I like battled with that in my head for probably six months after reading that book yeah and I think it's yeah like you know if it is too hard for you to to not like if that if it's damaging for you to even think about this topic like fuck it don't think about yeah, it man yeah. like that's there's not ignorance is bliss yeah, yeah. like and the matrix you just it, go get reinserted yeah and yeah. fucking the, the steak tastes good and the woman's in the red dress yeah anything that takes you towards that path of nihilism like that's that's a bad place to be man like as far as the mental states that are capable like people are capable of that's that's got to be up there with the worst of just so bad for you like physically and mentally to be in that space of like nothing has meaning like yeah. fuck it like what's the point yeah but i think that 
to to if someone like combated me to that or like if somebody set kind of gave me that argument i'd combat it with like okay well then fucking end it yeah yeah exactly just exactly. end it yeah like and it's funny sad guru says that like i'm not a fan of him in, in any way but there's like sad guru famously says like people will spend most of their life wanting to get into heaven and working for the kingdom of heaven and heaven's this amazing place that we're all going to go to and you got to live your life like this well fucking end it go there now mm-hmm. if you're so uh if none of this shit matters and then there's only this this life that you promised then fucking head there like yeah the problem dip, dip out quick the problem with that is um so my uh, i've bit of knowledge on this in that my dad grew up as a seventh day adventist yeah and so they're pretty they're pretty hardcore like in terms of uh, like when he was growing up, um, I don't know if it's still this now, but um, you know, girls weren't allowed to wear jewelry. Absolutely yeah. no sex or alcohol before marriage. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty intense in terms of like what you could and couldn't do, and they were they were pretty strict with it. And like all of the ones that tell you about heaven, they also have that clause of like, yeah, no, 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 no suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not but allowed then to do in, that. In the Muslim religion, that's not there. Uh, well, suicide. Yeah, ap- apart from that, yeah, they they have like another out clause with that, um, you know, the martyrdom. Suicide. Yeah, sort martyrdom. Of, yeah. yeah. But that's like the no, no. I just don't think anybody in like their day to day life is like if they were i guess if you're subscribing to nihilism then you're probably doing away with you're religion doing, in general you, anyway yeah so, I, don't, I don't think you're doing anything really like you you be going through the motions maybe you have a work like you have work but you just that that's just following the motions you're not you're not actually doing much in the world if you're if you're really in that mind mind space i don't know if you've driven much into um the columbine shooters like nah. yeah so like those are like especially um i think it was so there was two there was dylan and eric and i think eric was the the like the main you know force behind what they did which was you know absolutely horrendous killing i can't remember how many of their classmates um and jordan peterson goes into this a whole bot of a bit of like the the psychology of when you get to that nihilism state then you start like rebelling against god yeah and then it's like i'm gonna just do as much damage as i can to everyone it's a yeah it's a weird path that the the human brain can go down in that way yeah yeah just just like these like linkages that you see it's like ding 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 all right now i'm at this point where it's like fuck the world i'm gonna do like fuck the world and fuck everyone in it i'm just gonna do as much damage as i can yeah that that's that um i guess that's that like argument that sam makes of the road rage thing of like the road rage can't exist like it has to go through this like a vessel of the self to to manifest in yeah into any of those ways you know yeah for sure yeah what what are your thoughts on just our religion in general like nowadays in uh, for example like what what part does it play in uh, i don't know just society or even in your life in general uh it would pay play zero part in my life i've never so i was uh raised uh catholic so i've been like baptized i went to a catholic school but i hated that from the fucking jump like it just never ever 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 made sense to me from Mm. from day one so i just i I think like there was a point when i was younger like when i was like 15 I, i almost feel like i was going down like that route in a way of like i started going to church and shit just but purely because my dad didn't like it to be honest yeah yeah, so like my mum, my mum's side was like extremely religious and then they put me into like that catholic but it just it honestly just never made sense to me i had a funny uh i had a funny moment it was in maybe like grade four or five and 
we would still do like religion classes and the brother would come in and like you'd have him for the lesson and for what it was like thursday or something and then he'd go to all the different classes and do this religious um religious class and before that it was still when you'd have one teacher for everything like you just stand yeah, in the same yeah, class yeah. and uh literally before this fucking uh religion lesson my teacher we, we fought we presented our paper mache dinosaur egg fossil yeah, okay. things yeah, yeah. and then it was like the perfect storm of that and then he came in the brother matthew whatever his name is and read the book of genesis <laughs> and i was just like whoa 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 we that's, that's have beautiful yeah. we have some real indiscrepancies uh showing their head here guys and yeah. uh someone needs to explain this shit to me because <laughs> at no point in the book of fucking genesis in these seven days is there any mention of dinosaurs and i was like the timeline's off like this yeah, whole yeah, fuck yeah. this whole thing doesn't make sense somebody needs to fucking figure this out yeah the and, previous uh, term you just made your paper mache of a volcano or yeah. like earthquakes <laughs> yeah yeah literally made fucking dinosaur egg fossil. yeah that, that's and then, beautiful <laughs> and i sat i sat in the class and i just put my hand up and i was like well where are the dinosaurs in this story and then he's like oh the dinosaurs are a theory worst thing that that guy oh, could have said yeah. to me and yeah. he was just he was one of those guys you know like that was just fully on board with the religious text and believed in that creation story hey if you believe in that that's completely fine there's just not a lot of evidence that supports that theory yeah. you know in terms of the or that uh that book the there's not there's not much scientific going on there that in 2021 you can really rest your hat on um but that was just from then yeah it really just didn't seem to make much sense to me i find i'm definitely of the belief that people should be able to be religious people should be able to pray people should be able to do whatever they want the the bummer for it for me is uh and the big issue on this was just gay rights like when the whole gay marriage thing was going on um i went i lived through it in america and then yeah yeah they're always like five six years seven eight years yeah. ahead of us so yeah yeah so i went through it that. in america and then i went through it here in australia and i just found this weird opposition from people um that would they'd literally just quote the bible and yeah, i'm like gotcha. the fuck are you quoting the bible for cunt like you are not religious in yeah exactly. any there yeah. is no fucking part of you that has ever lived in line with the word of god and now when there's a social issue that can negatively affect normal people just like you you're gonna literally throw the book at them and i was like that's fucked up and i am not really willing to be involved in that at all so in terms of uh i guess it's that whole separation of church and state you know if there is a separation of church and state and people can just practice freely and they can do what they want to do and everyone can fucking worship who they want to worship down as long as it doesn't uh, start impacting with other policy, people, yeah, you know, like yeah. foreign policy wars, things like fucking gay rights, and it, there's just issues that people will interject these stories into, and they affect people that may not be subscribed to that particular ide- ideology. And I just find that very, very disappointing. And I, I, that's my, that's my real only problem with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up. Um, well, my dad sort of like left the church became pretty atheistic i guess you'd say and so i've sort of grown up in that 
environment mum was yeah i'm not even sure actually uh, if, if she was religious it didn't really <laughs> yeah. show up much at all so um but yeah for me like just science man just like the amazing things that we have is like just so undeniable it's, it's really hard for me to get on board with some stuff and especially like the dogma rules um, yeah. which means like like buddhism like we're both sort of getting into it in a way yeah. and taoism and things like that like there's so much that i like of it and then there's just like a boundary point that i can't cross like it's just yeah there's something there stopping me saying no nah, this this is starting to get too wacky too weird yeah I, I can't get there but yeah like everyone doing your own thing man go at it like there's there's some cool stuff out there i love seeing the celebrations and what people come up with in uh yeah with uh yeah with the veil of like uh, their religion behind it as well well i think that um like shamanistic ceremonies and things like that uh there's definitely a there is something tangible to tradition and ritual and preparation yeah hell yeah and you know they're because i i definitely think you know what i was talking about before about like the baby with no concepts that's delivered into the world like there is a richness to layering experience with concepts that's a beautiful thing so i think that the goal you know like the goal for people shouldn't be to you know i guess like live in that enlightened state where there's just experience and no language and no concepts i feel like that's a great place to get to if like you're struggling with depression and you can like cut through all of that reduce it back down to nothing and then rebuild and attach like helpful concepts and and like layer the cake in a way that is like adds to experience because i think that yeah there is that base layer of experience with nothing and then you in our in our minds we then choose how we layer those things and you can make experience better you know i would mm. say that um and then that's like a weird paradox in that too you know but it's like if you ask me the person would i rather right now sit in this room completely by myself and you know just as experience with no but then it's like or would i sit here and do this podcast with you i was like no i'll fucking sit in the car and do this yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what i mean so like there is a there is definitely something that is very positive about layering experience with concepts and rituals and yeah and hell yeah it, in in a like a skillful way to use another buddhist term um so i think that that same thing can be true for like a religious ceremony like an ayahuasca ceremony like if you just drink ayahuasca in a fuck in this studio and just sit and chill for a few hours like you're probably just gonna sit and throw up yeah yeah and think Make a, a bunch of super fucking weird <laughs> shit and i've done the same thing where it's like i've done the same amount of mushrooms and it's just been like at a house just chilling and really had like no effects at all yeah and then i've done the same like three grams of mushrooms out in nature uh flooded with like concepts and ideas and you know layering over experience and the experience was like way better so i think that there's a value to uh to these rituals and some of the concepts around them and some of the like going into things with intentions there's definitely like value there but then i think as soon as you get super attached to those concepts and the value and then you're willing to protect it at all costs and yeah. uh, you know, then it's like it can it can just get it can turn into a fucking mess i guess yeah for sure like uh, i'm the same with the free will man like if you've gone to my head say is uh, do we have free will i'd say no but man 99.999 percent of my daily life is definitely acting and not not realizing that in my head it's just like yeah no 
Chase has free will. You know, everyone everyone here has free will. Like that's that's cool. I have free will. Yeah. But that's that's not like it's just a useful thing to sort of be able to flick on and off. Yeah. That's what I sort of see with like almost everything I'm doing, man. That's just like all the all the stuff that I get now is almost like creating like a little personal philosophy yeah. or some maxims so like you know that that sort of thing I'll just put that in the box over here so if I need to turn that on yeah, yeah that's cool flicking yeah. on this in this scenario you know if for whatever reason it's it's necessary like let's just say something tragic you know my my parents are like brutally murdered or something I think it would be nice to have some sort of way of being able to get through that awful period yeah. by having some things, even if they're not real, yeah. just to be able to get through that. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's, uh, life's hard, man. Life life has some pretty shit stuff that throws you away. Man, I would add on that, leave it exactly where you just were and say that life is also, life is hard and life is also supposed to be hard. I think mm-hmm. that if you... For me personally, anyway, I have really tried to, I guess in the same way where you say like you've got this pain when you're sitting for that period of time and you've just got to let go. I think in our life, things get better if you let go of the concept of anything being easy or that it should be easy or that there's any like value in it being easy. Because I'd see with people around me and myself the thing that creates like the bad feelings within yourself or can kind of like lead you into like that weird direction is that you get bummed on how hard life is yeah, yeah. and it overcomes you and it there's it's like it wins but i've really tried to stay like very very uh like focused on this this idea that life is supposed to be super fucking hard like it you're just this thing that's alone in the universe with all this other shit going on. Like you're as fucking tiny as it gets. And they're just like the second law of fucking thermodynamics. Like you leave something alone in the universe. It turns to shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that concept. That's your life, dude. You're, you're fucking lot. That's, that's literally your life and everything around you. The second law of fucking thermodynamics. If you leave anything alone in the universe, it just gets swallowed up by the fucking universe. And so I think that the, I guess like if you were to ask like my meaning of life, it would just be to be accepting of the, the degeneration that's going to take place and just like as a live conscious organism, do what you can to organize things around you so that these things disintegrate in like a nice easy way with like smooth transitions a little bit slower maybe or yeah and and just do your best to like create because i feel like that's um that's if there's like a metaphysical like way that i would lean to nowadays it's like okay there's been this weird organization of matter you've got like atoms and shit that are like uh quarks and fucking protons and all these things that uh like negative ions they they can exist independently on their own and then they can attach to things and then when they attach to things in groups they can form molecules and they can form all of these different uh, particles and then when those come together they can form you know even bigger particles that you could then call like a you could give it a certain name and then somewhere along the line that all those particles have got together and given rise to this thing called life and then there's a variety of life and then at some point along that spectrum it moves into like consciousness and then at some point there's uh 
I guess like a unconscious element of consciousness in a way where like you can just be swept up in impulse and desire and th- you know what I mean? Like yeah, you just yeah. be on that, like no free will autopilot. But this, this would be like my one thing. Like if I ever fucking got to speak to Sam Harris, I'll be like, okay, all this free will, totally down with it. There is no free will. I can see that. Is it random that consciousness then finds itself? Cause you you go to this being that's li- that's alive with no consciousness and then you go to this being that is now alive and conscious and but on autopilot with no free will no anything of the sort yeah, so like and an animal just, i guess like just yeah. a, a standard animal yeah. going about it's conscious but it's it doesn't it's not aware of itself yeah and then you've got these like conscious beings that can dip in and out of essentially like being an animal and being someone that would say had their own level of free will but it's like if we can then see that that's not true so why what makes consciousness find itself to the point where it can be enlightened like the buddha or or something like that mm. you know but um but yeah it's like in my head i'm like all right well i've i've been put here things have organized into these different categories of i guess like from like layering on of just essentially nothing and we get to be responsible in some way for uh, keeping this thing going and then making decisions that can that can I guess create order from the chaos because things that are alive that are, they're not just fully at the mercy of the universe and they kind of can fuck with that second law and they can create some kind of order from the chaos and so I think that that is your goal is to like come here know that life's not supposed to be easy know that the universe is mostly chaos and that you've got this tiny little section that you can create some semblance of of order and just do that without struggling through it when the that second law really comes into work and fucks shit up yeah yeah that's a nice one like that way life should not be easy that's a good way of putting it what about what about suffering though like is is uh you know because then you'd ask like pointless suffering like suffering when there doesn't need to be suffering is that is that good is that something that should be eliminated like yeah because that, that dives into that like life being hard as well which is you know dukkha unsatisfactoriness or suffering however you, you want to put it it's like is that necessary as well or like can we can we create the robots that only feel good and then and then it's all going to be sweet from now on or yeah like is it bad if we created like let's just say ai ai things that only felt pain like is that is that a real bad thing like yeah yeah it's, that, it's, it's it's it gets tricky when you start putting morals on top of all this stuff as well and then you're like shit i don't know yeah that there, there's there's a lot of that kind of shit that i feel like needs to be thought about by a smarter person yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but i definitely Sam Harris, where you at <laughs> yeah i definitely feel like uh that yeah i i can pretty happily say that when i can feel suffering myself I can pretty much see through that or see the origins of that as the self. And then if you look and it's not there, the thing that's going on around you is still going on around you, but I don't think it can necessarily be called suffering anymore. Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense. Something a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, it Well, it just, it's just experience. It just is what it is. Yeah. And I think that that is probably, um, the way like that's that's like kind of where i leave it i think that i think that there's a you kind of can get to that point 
and then you got to get metaphysical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just don't think that you can ask those kind of questions without then it's like then you just start to do a loop. So you're like, okay, you have to answer this as a self. So if you're getting to the point of, you know, down all the way down to like, ah, oh, there's this suffering and there, I, you know, you can see through that. It's not really there. And then you're like, okay, so then, but is suffering necessary? It's like, okay, so you've got to go backwards now. Like you kind of get to this, yeah, yeah, you keep yeah. getting to this point. And then it's like, if you want to ask more questions, okay, now we're going backwards again. And you, it's like, you can't go backwards to, to go forwards, but there's, I feel like when it comes to like AI and all that stuff, it's like, you can try and stop it. You can, you know, uh, you can educate people or you could um, you could say like oh this is a really bad idea for these reasons but I feel like whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen and I feel like uh, that's one of those situations where you do have to just kind of take your hands off the wheel because there's and I mean it's sort of maybe that does borderline on nihilism but I just don't think I could fix any of the world's problems yeah yeah there's, there's you know a what point. I mean yeah definitely there's a point of, of letting go and just being no, like this is there's too big for me and it's you know then then and of course the question is like we'll go back a bit oh oh but if everyone thinks that then how is anything going to get solved and it's like oh fuck it like there's a yeah there's definitely the point that comes back to that (laughs) well that i think that then comes back to the fact that if everyone just does things then without really like you're gonna do the thing like you're gonna walk out of this studio and like put one foot in front of like you're gonna just go on living yeah yeah. and i just think everyone is like everyone's gonna do the same thing whether they kind of think about it or not but i I do think that there there is something weird there like if every like eckhart tolle you know he talks about like if everyone has this awakening like imagine if everyone we lived in a world where this whole concept of like self and free will was just like indoctrinated literally every but there was no dogma around it there was no ritual it was literally just like Oh, I'm feeling sad. Oh, who's feeling sad? Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I, I wonder. Eh? I wonder. Hmm. And and I wonder, like, to me, if I want to get like Robert Persig and fucking write a weird fictional book about that, it, I think that we're in a race, like humanity's in a race between like the 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 product of like the self, because I feel like the the self is probably the dominant cultural phenomenon like that's probably the dominant um default state of most of humanity like most of humanity is, uh, is thinking of a self like you've got like you said the tribes and the people that don't even have that in their um vocabulary but i'd say that to this point and the way that we're marketed to and the way that we're individualism is so heavily rewarded in today's society over any time like right now you can get an uber you can get delivery like you can literally exist in solitude Hmm. in a way that you could never ever ever exist before like you could not be uh, a mongol living on the steepes of mongolia and be alone like so that and be like just this completely self-sufficient being but i think that we've culture has just pushed towards this idea of the self and like we don't really have uh, that doesn't leave well I'd say that that if you're living in that state your default state is not uh, like compassion and kindness and thinking about other people by definition it's sort of the opposite so I, I, I think that we're in this weird race now between uh, this kind of message of of 
uh, I guess like a way of kind of eliminating suffering and seeing through the the like needless suffering, like a bad mood or uh, like anger or um, reacting. Because I think what it boils down to is like if you you get delivered these thoughts and if there's not some if if you don't know that it's possible to have distance from those things or if you don't understand the background of where they come from then you're just acting on them as they're delivered to you so it's like this conveyor belt like you're delivered this thought then you act on it and then i'd I'd define that as an impulse so you've got all these people that are just kind of like living in that cause and effect place and then i guess you could say like it'd be a minority of people that could have like some level of like uh consciousness or like gap where it appears in consciousness as not as an impulse but as like an object that you can look at and then all of your cultural conditioning and like the self comes online and then you you look at that thing and then you then you make a decision and then that's where there's some f- like look of free will in a way so i just think that we're in this place now where like the vast majority of people like donald i don't think that donald trump would have any kind of mindfulness or he would have never looked at the way that his mind works or he would have ever thought about the concepts around like you know what i mean and that would be the that would be the general population so i think there's a race between that people they're the people that have the potential to destroy the world uh inadvertently through no fault of their own you know like the you cannot blame those people for that and then i think there's this other thing where people are sort of waking up to um the nature of like their mind and their experience and who this well what the self is in this kind of concoction of fucking shit that's going on and i think that to for us to make like the decisions what you talked about about ai and things like that because again ai that's just striving yeah like, yeah what are yeah, we, we what are the we, next thing yeah, yeah what are we trying to we're trying to there's like there's a certain level of striving there and if you've got all of these engineers and what's the the word for like you just com- unintended consequences you know like mm. the the splitting of the atom you know that i'm sure that wasn't the uh the original intent was uh to blow up yeah, a like, fuck ton of people in japan yeah but that was you know that hindsight's always twenty twenty. like you don't know the way that these kind of things are going to play out but it, so yeah i just think that the more people that can kind of have like that awakened sort of mind to where they're not just living on impulse they're able to see thoughts and then kind of lean back on all their past experiences and the uh to sort of slowly make more conscious decisions and and look through like the road rage like this morning um genghis khan was basically like down he'd he'd conquered most of asia and china and had it pretty well dialed in and he just wanted to go back to his hometown and like live out the rest of his life he'd united all the clans got this crazy empire he'd had all these people that um he'd taken from like china and all over the world like they had engineers for the first time they had tradesmen for the first time he was chilling and then he goes okay so we've got all of this silk and we've got gold and we've got silver and we've got all these things that we've taken from all the um kingdoms and empires that we've overthrown we should open up these trade routes he didn't want to conquer any more of the world like he hadn't gone into the middle east at all and was like we should trade with the middle east because at the time the middle east was the most everyone was literate essentially like Mm. um they were so far ahead of the game he sends those people uh he sends some uh merchants 
I think they were like Chinese merchants or something, sends them there with like a bunch of fucking shit and says like, we would like to open trade. Here's our first kind of thing. And then the Sultan of whatever the place that he sent is these, uh, these merchants, they've completely fucking disembodied them, disemboweled them like, and sent them back, started a war that then lasted for hundreds, like 700 years. Like this shit where, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's one dude where if he was just a tiny bit more woke, you know what I mean? Like one, one literally like that, that's how shit goes down. There's one guy that made one fucking bad decision based off one bad idea and no distance from that idea at all yeah gotcha, just gotcha. acted on that fucking impulse there's no space between the thought of i'm going to disembody all of these people to maybe i should just at least fucking hear these guys you know what i mean yeah, yeah. There was, again i'm sure there's probably no evidence of free will in that dude's decision there that started a war like that cost millions and millions of lives changed the entire course of human history the renaissance wouldn't have happened in the way that it happened without that so there is like these pivotal points in human history that if you give it to a you know you give that same decision to a person that has a more of an understanding about their own mind like maybe that shit doesn't happen and maybe that's how the world becomes a better place yeah that's why history is so fun man like you go into those things and you find those ones and you're just like whoa that that one thing that one thing Uh, more introspection i I would probably agree is like generally better there's you know sam harris sometimes talks about like monks who get really good at meditation and then they use that to to you know create abuses with yeah. like their, their students and things like that but i'd say for the most part yeah more more introspection is, is probably a better thing no definitely well hey i've kept you in here oh fuck hour 45 uh, 45 over. Time. yeah i really appreciate it, man i'd love hey, to no, do no. this with you more you're uh you're a very interesting and cool person and since i come across uh, you and the Mere Mortals podcast. I've been very interested in most of the books that you've read and all the things that you put out. Um, so yeah, I'm I appreciate stoked, that, man. stoked to very appreciate that. No, I was stoked <laughs> to talk to you about. I love, I love the fact that you could set yourself up financially, and then do some travel, and then come back and literally just live this. You've cultivated this cool life for yourself to where you don't have a lot of the trappings of. I guess like normal society um and that's very rare like i don't know many people like you yeah so i appreciate you for that as well it's nice man and and the funny thing is like i'll still have my fucking problems like i'll still be like there was a period where i went man i'm such a fucking loser like i don't have a i don't have a normal job like fuck man what am i gonna do that sort of thing and and so uh i appreciate it man i I do um yeah like there's there's the uh advocation for introspection like the more i introspect the more i I think I'm better at making decisions that for me work better. Like was spending all that time in the mines continuing to do that. Is that the best for me? No, probably not. Like mm. going down the podcast route. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's m- way more up my alley. Like no boss, my own times, that sort of thing. And um, yeah. And, and same right back at you, man. Like this, this podcast studio, what everything you're doing is fucking really cool. Not that into motocross, but uh, when I dive into the episodes, man, I really enjoy them no i appreciate it we'll definitely do this more often um everybody check out the beer models podcast with current and one um they it's completely different to what we do here um yeah it's uh, <laughs> yeah it's so a so bit different, different. Yeah. <laughs> um but very valuable nonetheless and um and yeah i really hope that 
now we just can do more of these. Fuck yeah, and, let's do it, man. Keep going into your story. I feel like I talk for quite a lot of this one. but nah, it's um, good. I, I love it as well. I'm more of a listener anyway, so. I'm like the excited kid that's got a friend that's into the sport that I'm yeah, into. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, this guy likes I Pokemon I want to tell him this cards. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, all right, sweet. Peace. See ya.